Hey, Patriots fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to buyatoyota.com. It's Toyota's official website for deals from the official vehicle of the New England Patriots, Toyota. Let's go places. Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. And I don't understand why everyone's freaking out. This loss didn't help me. I'm not feeling any better after this loss. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Okay. And the touchdown in that night, my God, was an incredible catch by Garrett Wilson. Would be nice if, you know, the Patriots had a player that can make that Garrett Wilson catch. Wow. He spins it like in a different place. Dark place. Evan on Tuesdays is it? Dark. 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 He did do the vanilla nut tap. Yeah. There's no doubt. But but you see you see it on video. He did do, but I think he was like kind of kidding around with him because oh, he was. Oh, like, I, I, if you did that in this office right now, joking around or not, HR would have a problem. <laughs> Only if Paul went to them. If someone did that to me, I wouldn't be going to HR. When we want to start talking about football again. I'll, I'll, I'll talk. Okay. So we're not ready to do that yet. So you just hold on. I'll, I'll just, <laughs> this is Patriots Unfiltered, presented by Toyota's official website for deals, buyatoyota.com. All right, welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. It is Wednesday here at Gillette Stadium. Getting ready for the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys, huh? Uh, not so great last weekend, actually. Yeah, not so no. great. But according to Bill, they're pretty great. Yeah, I mean, he ran down the whole roster. Yeah. So did Mac. So did Mac. Them yeah. losing last week, I think, is very bad for us too. You think so? We yeah. were talking about that. You don't think come they're going to be with that. focused? <laughs> no, that's the that's. I don't think a lot of people think lose that. Lose two games in a row like that, especially. I mean, Cardinals. I think they're looking ahead to San Francisco next week. Yeah. I think it's like, I'm telling you, there's a chance. Trap game. You think I'm not trap say- game? I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying. I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. Do you, uh, have you felt any? I mean, feel like Evan and I. I actually, I don't speak for Evan. I'm not speaking for Evan, but I'm feeling the. <laughs> some, Is he still dark? I no, no. That no. Was hard, Opposite. Like, um, I oh, feel you're, like you're, we're both feeling some. Um, we've today. turned the page. Yeah, both of us are feeling a little Patriots positivity about this game. And, uh, and why you know, is that? I'm taking the I'm taking the Patriots. I, I like the Patriots I, in this game. I I th- I think I like what they're kind of putting. I don't know. I just kind of feel good right now. So I you know I know people complain sometimes Tuesday shows too negative. Wednesday I'm just going to be a cockeyed optimist. I'm not sure. I just I was looking at it today. You know, going through it, and I'm like. I, I think this is going to be a tight game. I think they might be able to pull it out. I like I the Patriots. I can't point to something specific of why I'm kind of feeling because we have to shoot the show on Monday and we have to make our picks. Like, and you haven't even gotten over the Jets game yet. So, I, you know, initially I was kind of like, ah, probably Cowboys, but I don't know. Feeling kind of positive. Well, I mean, at least we know the weather won't be a factor. Right, right. That, that's half the battle, right, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, so the Cowboys' offense will be able to operate. <laughs> Offensive line for the Patriots as healthy as, as it's been, right? Um, yeah. Do we know? Well, that? I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, well, yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, we'll see if Lowe's still out there, but I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious about, about Cole. Strange? Yeah, I'm kind of curious oh. about Cole Strange. Yeah, that's true. He was I, that I don't really know if that's that okay. much of a All problem. Right. I, I, so he's still in a dark place. I get it. Okay. <laughs> in some no, topics. No, I, no, I just I'm said just, I'm taking the Patriots this week. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I with that. the offensive line in terms of health, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how much of Cole Strange not finishing last game was health related, right? Yeah. Or performance related, or just health related, or both. Yeah. Wait till the injury report comes out. Yeah, right. we'll see who's out there today. I know Bill loves to give us all that information. With Godshaw, too. He's yeah, one God, to see God, if he's out there Godshaw today. Is I'm the not big, a, I, that's I, the big key to me. If Godshaw is not going to play in this game, then my my pick might change. But Good tease. I don't 
I, I, you know, I, most guys go, if Joe Burrow plays, I like right. the Bengals. <laughs> if he doesn't, I'm not sure. Well, Devon Gacha is well, the, uh, that, I mean, the deciding factor. Well, it, it is. In the game like this, model, it's, a so. huge, it's a huge <laughs> factor. It's not an internet model. She's real. Uh, She's real. I, 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 <laughs> this week has been insufferable. <laughs> Just across the board. We're <laughs> getting him so mad. Yeah. Go ahead. So Devon Gacha, yes, yeah. he's an important guy. Stopping the he's one of I, I can't with this week. I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm over it. But uh, you, you didn't even like the way he's been playing. Yeah, but they got nothing else. They got no other, nobody else to put on the nose beside in a game like this. Like obviously, yeah. if you're in a game where they're going to throw it 45 times and bar more, and you know those guys can play the nose position. But when you, the reason why I like the Patriots, I, Mike was saying that it's because of the. I think it's because of the Cowboys. Yeah, they have publicly proclaimed that they want to run the ball offensively and they want want to quote rest my defense. That that's what Mike McCarthy said in the offseason that they fired Kellen Moore because Kellen Moore wants to light up the scoreboard cuz points are bad, but I want to run the ball and rest my defense. So, in this game, you have two teams that rank in the top 5 in plays per game. They both run 70-plus plays per game. The Cowboys only had eight possessions last week against the Cardinals, and they won time of possession. They only had eight possessions because everybody was running the ball. So I think the Patriots get into a game with Dallas that's 20-17, 17-14, and a, sl- a slugfest, an old-school slugfest. So why we, can't the Patriots win that game? Why? Why does Why does McCarthy want to do that? Like, Why is their you. offense better? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. It, it, this is, so the Patriots need to play that way because of their personnel, right? right? They need to lean on their defense. They need to control the ball on offense, and they need to run the football. Like, that's how the Patriots need to win football games. Dallas has Dak Prescott right. with the star-studded offensive line with CeeDee Lamb on the outside, and they've decided to put him under center and hand the ball off. It blows my mind. It really does blow my mind. That's McCarthy is a run first coach, Fred. That's the way he wants to play. <coughs> yeah, and that to me, if I'm the Patriots, I put my base defense out on the field. I say run the football, and let's play seventeen fourteen, and I'll take my chances. Because if Dallas comes out and spreads the field and lets Dak cook, the Patriots aren't going to score with them. But if they play the type of way that they've been playing the first three weeks of the season, I, I don't see why they can't win a game that's low scoring. That's that's how they win. Well, I certainly would agree. If it's low scoring, that's the Patriots' uh, sweet spot. Like twenty five ish. Like somewhere. probably somewhere under that. Yeah. Twenty four is really the number. Preferably, if the Patriots score first and have the lead throughout, <laughs> then I feel good. But if the Patriots can get to twenty to twenty four points, and all like yeah. not even yeah, yeah. joking, yeah, yeah, yeah. in all sincerity, Dallas is not going to purposely throw to score in this game. That's not how they want to play football. Do you think That's they'd be tempted, they though? With like, I mean, I think Jonathan Jones hopefully will play, but if he didn't play, I mean, might that be – could they could they potentially just switch it up and say, look, they've got no cornerback depth. Let's just try to spread them out and try it. I mean, you know, could they – That would be giving they, McCarthy a lot of credit yeah, that I'm yeah. not willing to give him. Oof. Yeah. Oof. I think I think Dan Quinn's a great defensive coach. I think they have a really good defense. I think there are ways that you can expose it like the Cardinals did last week. I – Watching their film with Mike McCarthy is depressing, because as a Dak yeah. fan, like as somebody so that's a Dak is fan, is Jerry Jones okay with all this? I, I mean, now. they're winning, so you know, it, I I would say yes because they're they're winning, uh, you know. But the bottom line is is that they run a very very 
rudimentary offense. It, it's it's so, very simple. Did you do uh, much work on their defense? Oh, yeah. So I saw a couple of the big plays just watching highlights, and Mike and I are always peeking at uh, red zone when we're doing post game. I saw like a uh, sort of, not a trick play, but it was like an end around to Rondell Moore that went for big yard. Did they run it conventionally and just Some dash them, or did they h- yeah. hit a couple of big plays with and, and got you know got yeah, it's a like, fair question. like did James yeah. Conner kill them between the tackles twenty five yes. times? No, he Off ran it. Fo- he ran it fourteen times, but he killed them. Okay, like because because I, I saw like Moore had like a. Yep. It had to be like a fifty-yard touchdown. Yeah, they had two really yeah. big, two really yeah, big plays. Yeah, and one of them okay. was so. This is like, kind of like to me what the Chargers did to the Dolphins in Week One. Similar. Uh, so th- there was uh, one zone read where Josh Dobbs kept yeah. the ball and ran for about fifty yards. So that you can take that out of the yep. playbook, right? Like that's not happening. Uh, but a lot of what you saw from uh, the run game with the Cardinals, the traditional run game, not talking about quarterback designs or whatever, is that a lot of uh, the Cowboys like to be aggressive. They're they're a slanting front. They want to shoot gaps. They want to get in the backfield, and so they just use misdirection and they ran at Micah Parsons. So they, let, they had runs of twenty six, forty four, and forty five yards. Excuse yeah. it. I mean, Connor had a, the, his longest run was twenty six. Dobbs was the one that Evan just talked about, and then Moore had the forty five yard touchdown. Like that's a lot of big plays in the running game. Yeah, and they ran at Micah Parsons. They said. You know, tee off, like get upfield, right. like get vertical, and we're going to wash you down, and then we're going to run it right behind you. And that's what they were able to do. I, I think there are ways that you can use that game plan, but I, I tend to agree with you, uh, Paul, that they'll overcorrect now. Right. 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 Like they'll, co- they'll fix it, and they'll come into this game, and they'll say, well, the Patriots don't really have much of a passing game, so we have to stop the run. So I look at it as like that's the chess match between O'Brien and Quinn is – Quinn's going to probably come out with some different things in the run game. What does O'Brien do to combat that? I also would say that, you know, not having Trayvon Diggs is a factor. Their secondary looked completely out of sorts last week without Trayvon Diggs. And I'm not talking about, like, they don't have the horses. It was more they didn't have the assignments down, right? The communication and the the on-field chemistry was a mess. They did some mixing and matching, too. They um, And I don't have all the names in front of me now, but I think they moved – uh, Duran, uh, God, what's his name? Yeah, they, they're, 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 yeah, their other corner. <laughs> You're talking Payne? about the corner that took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a Duran. It is Duran. Yeah, it's not Payne though. I, <laughs> I know a Duran. That's a that's a defensive lineman. I do. Uh, where's my guy here? Uh, Duran Bland. Bland. Is his name. Um, yes. yeah. He so he's he kind of moved, and uh, you know, to from like the the nickel back into one of the one of the regular starting spots. Um, obviously, Steph is there, um, but I, I think their their safeties are still reasonable. I like I kind of always liked Malik Hooker. Um, I don't know if he's a great player. I didn't say that, but I, I've always kind of liked him. I, I think they need to find the matchup where, and I'm not going to even try to pronounce the name, but the former Dolphins no. number one Noah I? first round pick, yeah, Noah. But non- he didn't play much last um, week. Yeah, because he can't play. Yeah, so Jordan <laughs> Lewis was their nickel, and then Bland played outside, and Gilmore obviously plays outside. But to me, it was just there was at least two or three co- like bad coverage busts without Diggs back there, just because those guys, you know, Gilmore just got there. These guys haven't played a whole lot of football together, you know. So, like all of that stuff to me adds up to the anatomy of an overlooked opponent, right? And I understand why people, and I know Alex has been with everybody else, like oh, that's not going to happen two weeks in a row. It probably won't. It probably is going to get overcorrected 
as Evan said. But what happens when you, you, you just don't put in the time? Because you know, it's Arizona. They're not even trying to win. So what happens? You get ball run down your throat for 225 yards because you're not paying attention. Yeah. You know, you know, Micah Parsons trying to get like seven sacks today, and he's upfield and they're running right at him like Evan talked about yesterday. So, you know, coverage breakdowns, assignment breakdowns. It, it to me, it all it all adds up to a typical Cowboys team yeah. that's not paying attention because they, as Fred likes to say, they're smelling themselves. And I, that's why I think it's a good spot. And I, your, I, I think they could be absolutely overlooking this game as well. And to that point, though, like I would feel much better about it if we had really kind of gotten into a groove passing the ball and shown that they yeah. really can move up the field and take advantage of all those issues they have with their secondary right now. And I just I'm not convinced yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any way they look past this game. It's the Patriots. Yeah. Well, it's not After just the Patriots. After coming off that but, loss last yeah. week, it's. I just think they're looking. They they think their their competition is next week because we're the Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, but they've got to get San Francisco's the measuring stick. That's I, the game we're looking at. I know, at. but yeah. they they don't want to lose two in a row. No, of course Nobody they don't does. want to. <clears throat> I don't think that they're not going to be locked in. Like I, I, that's not why I'm taking the Patriots. I just like certain things about this matchup for the Patriots. I I think the Patriots can run the ball on this team. I think they can throw it on them too if they can block up front. Like obviously that's easier said than done. But I look at this a lot like the Philly game. Where, yeah, your offensive line got its butt kicked for four quarters, but you still threw for 300 yards. And usually when there's one guy that, you know, like in this case, Micah Parsons, but, you know, J.J. Watt we've seen in the past, Bill figures out how to neutralize that guy. Yeah, you I, know? I you just wonder that, where whack-a-mole is their front is a Dexter one guy Lawrence and well, yeah. I mean, Odigi Zua. I think they're a really good defense. Now, I don't know. I don't have much confidence that the Patriots will be able to run the ball like that. I think it'll be more like the Jets game for Dallas where they'll just say, we need to stop the run today. And if they throw for 300-plus, it's going to be because the Patriots are behind. I, I'm really worried about some of the comments that came out of that game the other day. Like, if I heard one guy say it, I heard every single guy. You know, no turnovers, clean – like, if, if that's the goal every week is just to play safe and conservative and not do anything wrong – that's not going to be enough most weeks. No, but they had to take that baby step. Be- they had to reverse that trend. That w- and that's why the focus was all about, you know, ball. You know, not turning the ball over because. No, I I know that you you don't want to turn the ball over. I understand that that that's a focus. But like, I would feel like Alex said, I would feel better if, you know, they ran a conventional offense and didn't turn the ball over. They scored thirteen points and no, didn't I know. turn the ball over. Well, I like, think. But I think, you, you know, you're, you're turning the ball over leading into the game. You know the weather's going to be bad. The, the emphasis was all about protecting the ball, you know, to the detriment of, you know, being a little bit more complex on offense. You know, well, you, I don't necessarily – like, I don't necessarily think they weren't complex. I think, I think that they were more concerned about that than scoring. And I, yeah. I think and they well, need they, to score. Like, well, I, I'm, I'm with Evan on this. If it's a low-scoring game – and they can win 20 to 17. I, I, I'm with Evan and Mike. I think they can win. I don't think it will be that. I don't think Dallas is going to be like in the teens when this game is over. And to that point, like they might have not turned the ball over, but it still, to me at least, was disciplinary stuff that was killing their own momentum on offense. And yeah, that just like, three penalties on the second possession of the second half thank was you. like that you know. was like I. I mean that one. Me. Yeah, that one drive was bad. But I, I don't. You know, other, outside of that one drive, I, I thought the really just like. The positive that I took away from it is how well they run blocked. 
a, a really good Jets defensive front. For sure. And that was the first time all season long that I've seen them move the line of scrimmage in the run game, especially in the second half. They, they really got it going there a little bit with Zeke. And so if they can block like that moving forward in the run game, and I, I have my concerns about Vidarian low in pass protection, but he's a strong guy. You know, he, he can run block and, you know, him next to Onwenu and – if Trent Brown plays like that, like he did on Sunday, and he plays like that consistently, uh, then I think that they're going to be able to run the football again. And then, you know, maybe that does take some pressure off the passing game. But I have my concerns that Dallas is going to overcorrect, like I said, and they're going to be ready to stop the run, like Paul said. But I think in general, that's the biggest positive. And, and to Fred's point of these little baby steps, okay, so now you checked run blocking off. Like you, you cleaned that up a little bit this week. You didn't turn the ball over. You cleaned that ball up a little bit this week. You were able to run some more play action and, and do some different things from under center. Check that box off. It's baby steps, but like those are the positives that you can take away from this game that hopefully yep. lead to more points in the future. Yeah, I, I would mean, agree with all of that. Sure, absolutely, baby steps. Yeah, I mean, they've got to do. You know, they've got to prove to themselves that they can do it before anything else. And so, you know, now you have to just build on it. You know, now you have to do it a second game. You can't just well, like, I need to see oh, them run, do it. We blocked well that game. Now, yeah. you know, we're good. No, you're not good. You got to now you got to build on consistency. Uh, yeah. And I would say, I mean, these are things that you had to get right now. It's about can we conquer the next step, which would be to beat a playoff team, you know, on the road. Like, you know, that's the yeah, multi-season long kind like, of score. like I, I'm, looking, I'm looking for some point. Like, I, I think the best <coughs> offensive game they had of the three was the first one. Now. You could argue and say, well, it doesn't really matter because they turned the ball over twice and you lost. At least they had a chance. They had a puncher's chance. They were, they were moving yeah. the ball up and down the field that day. That's the only one of the three games that I thought they moved the ball consistently well. They probably should have had more than 20 points in that game. I think some of the decisions on fourth downs hurt them in that game, quite frankly. I think they left points on the field. I don't think they left a lot of points. I mean, they did miss two field goals. One of them's a 57-yarder. And you know, the end of the half, yeah. we all know it was raining, so who knows what's going to happen when it <laughs> rains? Um, Joe Cardona, looking at you. I, I thought the first game, despite the mistakes, that to me was the baby steps. Like this was better than last year. Like we're moving the ball 400 plus yards down in the red zone, like five times, six yeah. times maybe even. Like that to me was the encouraging thing, and I think they kind of backslid the last two weeks. I think part of my positivity too, though, is that I. I have resuscitated my optimism of Bill O'Brien and the offense getting better as the season goes. And I think kind of in comparison. I've thought that from the start. I from, think that will happen. You know, I from agree. comparison, which, you know, I don't know what it would have built towards last year, but I know that the players didn't really seem to buy into it. So I think it got kind of undercut and, and they didn't show that development for, you know, and, and to be fair, it's been a few years that you've really seen them peak at the end of the season, but that's kind of what I'm holding out hope for still. And I think, you know, kind of connects to what Evan said yesterday of, you know, there are plays there to be made, and if you believe that the offensive line can start to block a little bit, then maybe they can produce those points. But yeah. I think you're right. I mean, I, I talk sometimes in these like big kind of stor narrative storylines of you know, can you beat a playoff time? When you boil it down, though, you're right. It's just yeah. can you put up? Points? I do. I do share your enthusiasm in in your faith in that it will get better. Whereas I never felt that last year. I think that they they have a well orchestrated plan. Let's yeah. put it that way. I don't know if the players are good enough to execute. I think Evan said that yesterday about the chunk plays. Yeah, everybody's saying, well, yeah. you know, they got to try to get it downfield. I don't know if they have the pieces to do that, but I do know that Phil O'Brien yeah. will have more Farrell Brown touchdowns, uh, more examples of plays like that in different ways 
periodically, just like Josh McDaniels did two years ago. Yeah. yeah. It, what bothers me most about this game coming up is I think you're going to have to score points. I don't think you're going to win it with less than 20 points. And I, I, at, in week four, I still don't know who our reliable receivers are. Who's, who are the guys that you can count on? I think you can count on Hunter Henry to do what he does. Uh, and, you know. That's really kind of it. Yeah. In terms of, you know, in the passing game. Who are the guys with everybody that else. Matt can rely on? And no one's yeah. emerged yet. Really? Have you guys not seen, yeah. like, a little bit from Kendrick starting to? He's not consistent it's enough. It's not yeah. consistent enough. Yeah. Yeah. He, this, their receiving core is, has played, a, like, one of the worst in the league yeah. through three weeks. I mean, they they make no plays on the ball. Like, no plays. Like, cons- and I understand that sometimes, you know, the throw could be a little bit better here or there. But every week you go and you watch these other teams and these receivers are, are, are making catches outside their frame for the quarterback, right? They're making these contested catches, catching back shoulders, catching balls over their heads. They don't make those types of plays down the field for the quarterback here, uh, it, let alone get open against man coverage. Like, that would obviously be the the most important thing, the most stable thing that you can do week in and week out. But they're not even making plays on the ball. Yeah, it, I would have liked to tough. see Parker week one though, because I think he might have had some opportunities. I mean, that's his thing; okay, like he can he, do that. But you he's know, in there he now. hasn't done it. No, you know? I know it's been two games. You know, it's yeah. it's and, and everything you guys are saying is right. But you know, again, sample size, three games in. You know, you've had some bodies yeah. moving around too. So I, I mean, I'm I know what it is, but I know that that's something that they have in the bag with Parker and, and some of the downfield stuff. I don't know for sure, but I think that they feel like Parker is that that number one guy. I think that's a mistake. Yeah, because I would. Oh, we've uh, been saying that for yeah. two years, right? I mean, I think that there are times where you know, every once in a while, he he'll go out and he'll catch six or seven, and two or three of them will be exactly the way you're talking about, and you'd be like, "Wow, there's some plays." Yeah, you know, like five for one twenty-five against Baltimore last year, yeah. with like two or three really nice yeah. um, contested catches near the sideline, but then you know, the next three games, it's nothing. And I I think it's kind of similar with Kendrick Bourne. Like the first game, he catches two beautiful touchdowns, and you're like, "Oh, okay." The next game, he's a bit player. Yeah. And then the next game, you know, they didn't really throw the ball. I'm not blaming Bourne for that. He only threw the ball 29 times. Um, but he's been kind of quiet. But I find myself, like, kind of resting my hope on two rookies and a guy who's always hurt in Thornton. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, Parker's interesting to me. I wonder, you know, now he's, this is a story with him. Like, he had a good training camp. I thought he, he was great in Green Bay. Like, he made some really good plays in the joint Parker? practices. Yeah. 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 And then he gets hurt. And yep. and it's off the rails. Like he, that throw that Mac threw to him uh, on third down on the little corner route, like, like that effort's not good enough. Like he got, I, I the throw could have been a little bit better, sure, but like I just said, it, like every once in a while, like someone's got to make a play on the ball for the yeah. quarterback, and they'll hit some of these. They'll they'll like that was an example, the one of Douglas we'll get a that, flag. <laughs> well, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and yeah. they should have gotten a flag right. on the Douglas one. Yeah. Um, but I I think that they'll. They'll hit some of these uh, eventually. They're not going to go the whole year without being able to get any any product production down the field. But just some consistency, I think, to Fred's point. Like, can we just get somebody who you know just starts to stack a few games together, where good game, good game, good game, not. And sometimes I wonder if it's related to the way they approach things with their game plan of you know, and which I don't really like sometimes. Like I feel like guys want to get in there and have consistency and know what kind of opportunities they're going to get and not be like, oh, I'm out of the game plan this week. I'm not as invested. If I get you know my seven snaps and I want to play a lot, like you know? I think that bothers Bourne a little bit. Yeah, how how he's sort of yo-yos back and forth with usage. I agree. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, 855-PATS-500 is the Ace Ticket Hotline. Web radio at patriots.com is the <coughs> excuse me, wow. email address. Uh, let's go to the it's phones. There's a button over there. Uh, Tyler's in Connecticut. Oh, no, he's just listening. <laughs> what, what? I like to listen. He said he has bad service. He can't listen to the show, so he just wanted to call in so and hang on So he's just going to use quick. up one of our oh, lines. Okay, all right. Card That's fine. That's what, we're here to serve. Uh, Todd's in North Carolina. What's up, Todd? Kind of clever, I guess. Since Tyler's doing that, I'll make this really quick. Uh, I saw some stuff on the sideline where <coughs> Bill, Coach Bill was talking, head coach Bill was talking to Mac a fair time, and then a couple times I saw O'Brien talking to him, and then all of a sudden head coach Bill comes up and talks to him again. It almost seems like to me that our head coach, you know, Mr. Belichick, wants the, t- the offense to play not to lose instead of playing to win, and I'm worried about that because if you that approach I don't think is – it's feasible and you guys want people to step up and you know take the roles and you know get the build the confidence but i don't think it'll work if they have that approach so did i see things wrong or you know what do you guys think? i, I, I think know. in the last really game they were know. definitely playing not to lose they were playing very conservatively yeah, I, but i'm also going off of history and i don't know about last game. i don't know that whole the only thing i saw was he told matt good job i know on one of the play i think he ran and then there was a timeout and he went over and i think he lifted up his headset and said good job and then they moved somewhere else. So I don't. I'm not reading into that, but I think this happened last year. You know, when Mac was turning the ball over a lot early in the year, then he got hurt, and uh, the Hatchet Man, Mike Lombardi, came out and told you how he's going to be out of the league and lose his job if he continues to turn the ball over. And when he came back, he no longer was throwing the ball all over the yard the way he was the first three weeks, which was great statistically because he was no longer turning the ball over. But I don't think the offense ever looked as really, aside from maybe one night in Minnesota, I don't think the offense ever looked as dangerous as it did against Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, he is, does lead the league in deep pass attempts, so uh, you they're can trying. Say, so you can say that they're conservative, and I get the I get the general, the general take. But when you throw the ball in three weeks, you throw the ball twenty plus yards sixteen times and lead the league in deep pass yeah, attempts. That's a, that's a fair. I mean, I don't know if that's like really necessarily conservative I don't think it's necessarily concerned I think that they're more concerned with not turning the ball over than anything else but that is certainly a a counterpoint to that mentality yeah you can't lead the league in deep passes and then say well you know I'll I mean I would argue that deep passes aren't necessarily dangerous passes if that makes any sense but I I, they shouldn't be yeah now I would also say to to combat my own argument that I thought he threw a number of passes that were not like wide open the other day Oh yeah. yeah, and he completed some of them. Yep, some of them got knocked down, and some of them got completed. So he wasn't necessarily, you know, going out of his way to be too safe with the ball. So we'll see. It was one, it was like Fred said, it was one game. We'll see if it continues to be a trend. I think when you know we were sitting there in the second half in the press box, and you just you felt like there was that mentality that Zach Wilson's not scoring two touchdowns against us. That was my mentality. Yeah. Right. Like, well, there, just, yeah. no, punt, we're up, I just said keep punting. We're up 10 points, and there's no way in hell the quarterback on the other side is scoring 14 against our defense in, in a quarter and a half. It's just not happening. So they could still be playing, and they wouldn't have scored another <laughs> touchdown. In, in some ways, like, you can't blame them for it. Now, it almost burned them, right? Yeah. Like, it all, it, it, and that was what I was kind of going after yesterday. But at the same time, like, I, I can't really blame them for thinking that. It's it's not a strategy that's going to work against a lot of teams in the league. I mean, maybe one. That might know? be the, that might be the only <laughs> that one. That might be it. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Edward in Myrtle Beach. What's up, Edward? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Good. 
Hey, I think this this game on Sunday against the Cowboys, and I'll be quick and take your answer off the air. I think this game against the Cowboys could be really a, a, a turnaround game. I mean, you get to two and two, you find a way to win that game, and then you got the Saints at home. Who knows what's going on with uh, with Carr, and then you got the Raiders on the road. Yeah, if they get this game against the Cowboys, they're two and two. They might have a legitimate chance to get to four and two. I mean, not to you know get ahead of ourselves, but Raiders coin aren't playing good. Yeah, those uh, are coin flip games. I I yeah. totally agree. You have an opportunity to Go on where, where where the other team is not discernibly better than you, the way exactly. you know it has been the first four weeks. So yeah. I, I agree, but I, I would put those games in the coin flip category. <coughs> yeah. New Orleans in, yeah. in Las Vegas. If we go, came into the season and with the schedule being what it was and obviously pre-Rodgers injury, if you, I had told you in, in August that they'd be 2-2 two and two after the first four uh, of the games. Yeah, sign that, me up. That's what a lot of the locals thought. Yeah. I, I, thought, thought, I thought it was kind of wishful thinking, but I also didn't know that Rodgers was going to get hurt. Right, so that one obviously you know is a break, but – if they beat Dallas and now they're two and two coming out of the first four, you, you gave yourself a chance. Yeah. You survived I would have, it. I would have said one and three, and I would have said they'll find a way to win one of those games that the other team's going to be favored in. Mm-hmm. Now, two and two is finding a way to win one of those games that the other team was favored but, in. But don't you think that before the Jets game, people were like, you have to beat the Jets because you're not going to be able to beat Dallas. But that's changed. That's changed. Well, yeah, because, the Jets yeah. was a, had was a must win. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know. I, mean, I, I think we're I all kind of holding our nose with. I totally with agree with Fred, Fred's mentality. I I totally. Everybody was saying that. Well, I yeah. don't know why it's changed. Yeah, but Fred's right. And, everybody has said that. And yeah. I think it's worth just saying, like ahead of time, that you know, I don't think that the Cowboys are you know this great juggernaut or anything like this. But this is still a game that these Patriots haven't beat one in a well, few years. Well, the Cowboys you know? don't this really is, have that big home advantage, uh, home field advantage. No, they their record at home is yeah. not great. I just think like you got it, like you said, baby steps. But this is just not a game that they've won the last couple of years. So to get this win, it's not going to mean hey we're back, baby. But I think it could really go a long way to say hey we we can start to beat these well, teams that are that are to, good. It's you, know? you have to see yeah. the game. It's yeah. more respectful. How is the offense week? performing? Yeah, no, I, I mean that's fair too. But I also think just even like last week was you just got to beat the Jets. It's like I'll just I'll take a win over a good team, however it looks. You know, because they they just haven't been able to yeah, win those games in, in any kind hump. of fashion. Yeah. You know, other than the, like the Bills win game, you know, like that one. All right, there you go. That's a you know asterisk kind of game of well, we have to talk about the weather, but I don't think there'll be anything like that in this game. I mean, it should be pretty straight up. I mean, they definitely have a a pretty distinct talent disadvantage in this yeah. game. Yeah. And that that's sort of like the one thing. Like, there's a chance they get boat raised. Like, there's a chance that Dallas is just they have a lot more talent than the Patriots, yep. especially on offense. But even defensively, like, Michael Parsons is the best player in the game, and, and he's a Cowboy. So there's a chance that the talent gap is too much, but I just think that the coaching gap in this particular matchup, I actually think that they'll outcoach them. Yeah. I think they have an advantage there. You know, actually, one more thing I wanted to just bring up that I, um, that I remembered was interesting to me. So Schottenheimer's their offensive coordinator, and I remember a clip from Eric Mangini when he went to the Jets, and he hired Schottenheimer as his offensive coordinator. And I remember him talking about – specifically liking Schottenheimer against the Patriots defense because, and this is, of course, going back to 2006, so, I mean, it's a while, but specifically like the amount of pre-snap motion and the amount of communication that Schottenheimer's offense forced upon the Patriots defense. Um, and I remember, and maybe you've heard this term, this is something I've never, the Patriots defense is rule-based. And he said, every time they move, every time we shift, there's 11 
communications that have to happen. So if we move two or three times, there's 33 communications. And that was part of – it fed into 2010, too, with the Browns when he was able to beat the Patriots as well. So I just – I thought it was kind of interesting in terms of Schottenheimer continuing to kick around. If you're an offensive coordinator, you can work forever, I guess. Um, but it was something that Mangini, someone from inside the system, kind of liked against the Patriots' defense for whatever it's worth at this point. I haven't done much of that yeah. through three weeks because I think this is McCarthy's offense. I don't think this is Schottenheimer's offense. That's fair. And so Schottenheimer is a, is a West Coast guy. He's a Shanahan tree coach. Yeah, they're 22nd in motion. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, may, no. like I agree that there are ways that they could change their, their stripes and, and that would hurt the Patriots maybe, but not based off of the things I've seen the first three weeks. Uh, Ethan's in Kentucky. What's up, Ethan? Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, Ethan. Hey, I got a couple of scheme questions for Evan, and I'll try to make it shorter than what it sounds like in my head. But I was wondering, as far as like yeah, zone or gap scheme, what does uh, Bill O'Brien predominantly run? What does he ran this year? Wait, sorry, what what was that? I, there was zone or gap scheme. Uh, so th- they were pretty um, balanced the first two weeks, but they they were predominantly gap last week, which I I don't think was a mistake or a coincidence. Uh, second part of this, and then I'll take it off the air. Um, as far as like the correlation between when it's zone or when we're in the gun is it zone uh under center gas game like i say that say this i coach in western Kentucky, and the tony franklin system's kind of taking over like the spread offense and it seems like predominantly which i know it's a lot of different level of football uh, predominantly though in the gun single back stuff it's always going to be zone and i was wondering like if we have any tails like that or is it pretty much mixed up yeah, it's a fair question. Sense. Yeah, so they run a lot of inside zone from the gun because they run a lot of RPO with it. Uh, so they'll run a lot of inside zone, but they also run a lot of trap, right, like influence trap. So yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, it's a little bit of both, but uh, I would say last week they definitely got back to let's get downhill, let's get man on a man, uh, double teams in the middle of the line. Obviously the full back was part of the of the equation again. You know, like a lot more yeah. of that type of stuff against the Jets, which I think is is not a mistake. I think that that will probably continue. Um, but, you know, in terms of the gun, they have not been a very good gun run team, whether that's because of the backs or because of the blocking or because of both. Uh, they haven't really been very productive running the football out of the gun. Well, the um, so that, that scares me about Dallas is, you know, if we are, if we do have that tail sign that we're in the gun, it's inside of zone. Like a lot of stuff we do to try to stop zone, which again, I know it's a lot different, like double on the one technique, a lot of slant, a lot of stun. And I know Dallas gets pretty creative up front, which would make it hard to get those doubles to backers, dudes to backers. Yeah, no, they, they, they slant their line a ton. Like that's, that's what Dallas does. Um, they they slant their line, so they're they're trying to knife guys into gaps and get up the field, and so that's what you know to combat that. Uh, the the Cardinals used a lot of misdirection or a lot of pin pull really to kind of like fold the line, so invite them up the field and then uh, pull them through, and uh, that was really effective. So I I think that this is another week where you want to try to get some some gap schemes going, try to get some downhill pullers and things like that and and let them get up the field you know maybe basically invite them but uh, that guy knows his ball that was good thanks ethan um back to the cardinals and you said they used a lot of pin and pull i did a little did a little research on that guy he's from wellesley oh yeah their offensive coordinator i was like who's this offensive coordinator dan well that makes me like him less but yeah right i was gonna say yeah (laughs) dan zig need him guy yeah Um, like the band yeah dan zig so um i don't know it was something like that 
Evan looked it up yesterday. Dan, Dan Petzing. 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 But not Danzig. Pet, but Danzig, yeah, Petzing. Same thing. They're, they're, He's from Wellesley. Their run game is Went fun. To Middlebury. Cardinals' oh. run game is fun. They they do a lot of different things. Uh, they they gashed him on a on a zone windback, which is like one of my favorite plays. And uh, they they got him on a lot of different things. They they were good. So I I just looked up too. And Fred, you mentioned the home home field thing for Dallas, and and you're not the first person uh, in this building that has said that to me this week. And I'm just curious, like, what we're we're basing that on? Like, they've been very good at home lately. They I I believe they're on an eight game or nine. I think a nine game winning streak at home. Yeah. And they're fourteen and three, like in their last seventeen home games. Yeah. Like overall, if you look at their record at AT and T, it's not. But I'm just talking about the team that's playing right now. Oh. Like overall, the Patriots are like 120 games over 500 at Gillette Stadium. Right. But, but this team isn't. This team has had a real hard time winning at yes, home. Yes, that's correct. So I don't. You know, like Tom Brady never lost at Gillette Stadium, but Mac Jones is having a hard time winning here. That's true. So the current team for the Cowboys is like on a nine-game winning streak at home. Okay. Don't you think that that stuff is always just, like, luck of the draw of who you're playing? Like, other than the it, divisional it, games, it, cer- it certainly can be. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, if you look at it over, like, the course of five, ten years, maybe that's different. But, but like, at, last year they beat Cincinnati at, at home. Right. And, you know, again, luck of the draw, they, they caught them early. Yeah. Before they had gotten their, their footing. Um, last time Patriots were there, they, they beat the Cowboys. Yeah, Dion Lewis, right? Dion Cor- Lewis game, correct? Right? And that, but that's my point. Yeah, that was a while ago. Who played quarterback for Dallas? Antonio Romo. It wasn't no, no? Dak Prescott. Yeah, because that would be the starter. <laughs> you see, and the starter generally gets hurt. Right. Wait, eight years ago? Isn't that like eight years ago now? Yeah, like well, that was a long time ago now. Uh, it they, they did not have their starting quarterback in that game. Oh, I was like, well, Dak was like in like middle school or something. So I was just, that was uh, the part that was I, I mean, I don't know if it was Romo hurt. Romo must've been hurt because he didn't play. Matt Framingham writes in with all due respect to Evan Lazar, belittling the Cowboys offense is like picking oh, on a kid oh. with zits on his face. The Cowboys two years ago scored 34 points and threw for more than 500 yes, yards. It's a different offensive coordinator. That's my point. And this Patriots offense in 2023 works just as well as the train services in Boston. Stay on planet Earth, Evan. It's a different offensive coordinator. I said that at the beginning of the day. You know what I hate? <laughs> like, there's people not people listen. People don't listen. Yeah. Like, Kellen Moore is not there anymore. Kellen Moore, as Mike McCarthy told you, wants to light up the scoreboard. Yeah. He's a former quarterback. He's 35 years old. <laughs> and by the way, the worst out- outing that the Chargers have had is 28. They are. A, he's a spread gun. Let's rip it and grip it and rip it offensive coordinator. Now they like to run the ball. And uh. they... They're not as good. That yeah. would have been Brandon Whedon, for those of you wondering. Oh, who was like 27 when he got drafted? Yes. Threw for 187 yards and a pick. Whatever happened, I, I like this is like just popped into my head. What happened to their tight end that they had that was pretty good? Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Schultz. Houston. Where'd he go? Oh, I didn't even realize. Signed Lost track agent. of that one. They have Jake Ferguson, who they like. Mari Cooper, too. They, they had like him better. then. Yeah, he was good. Uh, Back in, in, in that game? In our game. In, no, in the 19 game. Or 20. 21 sorry oh in the 21 game oh yeah i think that's a big part of it cooper schultz they don't have cd was a rookie i think like michael gallup is you know because brandon cooks has been hurt like in and out of the lineup he's probably going to play on sunday but uh, yeah i don't think he's really like do some climbing do some climbing but he's like a secondary guy he's like the third or fourth receiver but, but i don't think he's really found his footing in dallas yet either 
So Gallup will once a game he'll have a great like Devontae Parker sideline contested grab, right? But he's not really a consistent guy either. So outside of Lamb, like they are kind of searching for some secondary receiver options. You this know? is on deck because if he does that and he just says, I'm just going to make sure that I do C.D. Lamb, then that's not going to work well for them. That's not a good uh, formula against the Patriots. But, you know, Gallup had seven for 92 the other day. I think if he does a little of that, yeah. That's where you make your hay against the Patriots. Yeah, well, so the first t- the matchup, along with Callum Moore changing, they had Cooper and they had Lamb. So the Patriots doubled Cooper, and I, I think they put uh, Gilmore on Cooper, if I remember correctly, in that yeah. game. And, well, uh, I know that Jalen Mills was covering and Lamb Mills, on the overtime game. Right, Jalen Mills, like, Bye. single coverage on CeeDee Lamb the entire game and, and was – beaten like a drum so that's it's a different like offense than it was in 2021 different coordinator different personnel yeah i mean i different know it's mindset still, yeah like i know it's still dak but What's it's the mindset it's different uh junior from think? canton is it just me or have our tackles this year thoroughly outplayed our interior line if so that doesn't seem ideal considering the interior is the only part of the line bill seems to take seriously on a positive note Christian Gonzalez continues to impress. Not sure what the route is called, but when Garrett Wilson faked a slant near the goal line and broke out, Gonzo barely flinched and stuck with him the whole play without touching him. I can't remember any corner we've had since Rivas who makes that play without holding a little. It's hard to believe that this was only his third game. Crack that whip. Steph Gilmore. (laughs) Um, The tackles haven't been any better. I mean, Trent Brown was really good on Sunday. But the tackles haven't been consistently better. Like that, Anderson, Anderson, Trent Brown. How Anderson, many, Trump Brown. What was your uh, stats for the right tackle last week? Eight, eight, eight hurries. The Ocho. It's actually six hurries and two quarterback hits. I do. So eight pressures. Yeah. I do really wonder Sorry, though about pressures. Strange. Like, what <laughs> was that related to? Yeah, because, well, that's and what is I it going to linger? Fair. Is this the kind of thing? I was kind of pissed too because I, 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 I like when Mike gets. Pissed. I was. Uh, well, I wasn't pissed. I was frustrated um, because <laughs> they. Uh, I heard a tease on Felger and Mass yesterday. Let me, let me pull back on and that I, a little bit. <laughs> I heard a tease on Felger and Mass with like the one player that Greg Bedard thinks should be benched, and I was like, "Ooh, I want to hear who this was," and I didn't. I missed it, so I was like, "Cole, Cole Strange. Strange." It was it. Okay, it that's was what Cole I thought Strange. it might be. That's what I thought it might be. Good tease. We're teetering. Big, big market tease right there because I, I normally, as you know, don't don't care. But when they said that, I was like, "Ooh, ooh no. I was interested in that too." Well, it's. Yeah. I mean. It's, you know, I don't I mean, I don't really need confirmation of, of what I see. Like, you know, I, I, I've done this long enough that I have confidence in it. But it's always, you know, you see the game, I think, certain ways. And that's like, you know, you come away from watching it again. And that's like the one thing is like, God damn, friggin' Cole Strange is struggling. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I thought David Andrews on him today was kind of telling. Oh, like, yeah. What, know, I, he's I, worked I, really hard. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yesterday they had um, and Clem talked a little bit about him of, you know, there's one thing about practicing but there's another about like playing and getting into game shape those so are, those are all excuses yeah they're kind of that, laying that, that that's yeah they're laying that groundwork so i just i wonder if he's gonna you know if they're gonna say hey let's sit him down and let him get healthy um you know i really hope it's not just like you're okay but we just can't play you right now that would be really uh well, really i just don't know where he plays on the line like he's, center he, i think center <laughs> that's what greg greg's is always yeah. said that was a possibility that's the only other place you could go right i mean there's nowhere yeah. else to go no i could just imagine greg, greg and, and evan in a room together talking about the base <laughs> And he's a little too tall. Like, you know, 
He's he's got a higher base. His his strength oh, is like in his midsection. Oh, that punch for guard. He's a little bit too so like grip strength. <laughs> no, his anchor is his problem. Got, yes, anchor. You oh. guys want to? I don't want to. I don't want to get yeah. into like no, you and Greg true. say it the it's same. You, yeah. you say the same thing. Do you it. use yeah. different yeah. words, but you both yeah, exactly lockstep. So, so <laughs> I read Greg on on his his like you know breakdown of the game or whatever, and I agreed a hundred percent with everything he said about Cole Strange, and uh, he said that. Mafi, at least you you know is going to get pushed back into the pocket like he can't move but at least he's not going to be you know he's got de- size right like, he might yeah. not be athletic enough i think is the but way at least he's not going to get but just blown he more walked back the into the file right guard. right, walked like, right into at least lap. he's going to be sturdy when yeah. somebody tries to pull power I mean, he, he looks him. like a mailbox yeah <laughs> well the thing about cole is like if you've got a strength disadvantage to begin with and a bad knee Oh, yeah. That's and you can't – I mean, how do you anchor yeah. against – But his his problem is pad level. Like, he plays too high for a guard. Yeah. You know, guards, they got to sit down. Like, you got to have really good flexibility to be able to bend and, and sit down in your chair and, like, and, and absorb contact. And he plays too tall in his stance. And so he's just on skates whenever guys get, get into his body. And he can't drop his anchor. And center is probably, like, the best for his body type is probably the best spot. Like he has technically the measurables to play tackle, but you can't really make that. Tra- that's a huge transition. And that's like more of an off season yeah, yeah, thing. He, he said that yesterday too. Like oh. you, you wouldn't be able to do it during the <laughs> season, but but down the road and maybe next year, Can you know, catch? David Andrews. Defense. End, I mean, Jake Andrews hasn't been overly catch, impressive. Yeah, this is uh, Cole Strange's situation is is getting dicey like yeah. when we're we don't really throw the word bust around here too often we try not to uh, i feel like but you know that we're trending towards a position where it's like i for the betterment of the team like they might need to roll with we don't throw that word out when they're still on it <laughs> Nikhil harry no problem no problem bust we Mafi might be the better player for this team. It's yeah. you know, and, and I'm not saying that Cole Strange cannot have an is not going to have an NFL future or anything like that. But uh, for their issues and like what they need to to shore up, like he might be the better option for this football team. All right, uh, Bridgestone is the official tire of the New England Patriots, and Bridgestone tires are now on sale through September 30th at all Sullivan Tire locations. Visit SullivanTire.com for a location near you. Uh, Paul's foods here. His eighteen uh, incher just arrived, <laughs> so we'll be Fred's pizza. We'll be right back after this. Get in on the action with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the New England Patriots. New customers can download the DraftKings app now and play free for millions in prizes using code Pats. That's code Pats only at DraftKings. Minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Isn't it time to get exactly what you want? Welcome to Red Hot Deal Days from Verizon, where you get your pick of our best deals. Like my plan, where you can pick the perks you want and save on every one. For limited time, bring your own phones to a Verizon store and you can get my plan for our best price ever. Get exactly what you want in your phone plan and only pay for what you need. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today and get my plan. These deals won't last. It's your Verizon. And we are back with the show within a show, also known as the PU Halftime Show. I am joined by Faith Worrell. She's been on the show before. Yes, I was on the first episode and then booted off until now. Yeah, I I told you you'd be back. All right, we're going to start with some trivia for a Patriots Unfiltered t-shirt. Faith, 
Don't answer the questions. Ready? Question one. In 2000, Tom Brady was the fourth quarterback on the New England Patriots depth chart. Can you name the quarterback just ahead of him at number three? Good question. Were you even alive then? I was born in 2000, (laughs) sir. Question two. A linebacker out of Notre Dame who was part of the Boston Patriots from 1962 to 1968 until he was traded to Miami for the 1969 season. Which player was this? That sound better? I worded that a little better. At the Sounded end. great. All right, question three. Who was the Patriots' first overall pick of the 1982 NFL draft? Were you alive then? Oh, I was not. <laughs> I know some people think I might have been, but I was not. All right, let's get into it. Faith is our communications service, uh, our digital services coordinator. Yes. And she also does some part-time work for New England's other football team, the Boston Renegades. And what is your role with them exactly? I'm their director of content. There you go. In charge of everything. There you go. And in her free time, she got inspired with this role to start her own podcast called The Playmaker's Perspective. So we're going to talk about a show within a show in the show within a show. Absolutely. So Faith, tell me about it. What's this about? When did you start it? Yes. So honestly, I was inspired by Unfiltered. I used to help Uh, Matt in the booth with the audio and so just kind of sitting and listening to everybody talk about the NFL talk about the Patriots um, was kind of inspiring to me and I just know through the Boston Renegades and women in my network in general that a lot of women would want a seat at a table like this to talk about the league to talk about the NFL and so yeah the idea kind of came from that just wanting to kind of make that table for women around football to kind of talk about the game Our mission statement is um, just to give women, football players, and others involved in the game an outlet to share their thoughts on the NFL through their unique perspective as players and women around football. Our little tagline is live the game, talk the game, elevate the game. Um, But yeah, we started uh, right before the season kind of got going. We did like a preview episode. I do it with a running back on the Boston Renegades, Katie Falkowski. Um, She's amazing. She is awesome at what she does on the football field and off the field. She's just a super amazing personality and she's brought so much energy to the podcast. So we did like a little preview of like who we are, what our goal was, then did like a preseason recap. And then, yeah, we've been rolling once a week. We post on Wednesdays. There you go. And it's on Spotify and Apple. So this is easily accessible. Yes. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we're on Instagram. There there you go. So follow that. You also get a bunch of Renegades players to join the podcast yes. right you got the quarterback I don't I don't remember her name off the top of my head yes yeah, so we so far we've gotten um, Erica Adams she's a defensive back on the Renegades and Ash Beckham who is an offensive lineman on the Re- Boston Renegades um, we do have a lot of other players lined up we're hoping to get women also that aren't just football players but sports reporters coaches scouts like anything anyone that's involved in football um, we want to have on the podcast but yeah hoping to get lots of Renegades players on there and how I don't want to disrespect. How many consecutive championships has it been for them? So they just won their fifth straight. Fifth. Fifth. Okay, straight. guys, yes. it is. It's a fun league. Um, check it out. Patriots have done a lot of collabs with them, and as I know, you guys started the podcast mostly doing renegade stuff, and now it's going towards more NFL content because it's the off season for the renegades. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so it's the off season for the renegades. So we are a hundred percent NFL. Our segments include things like league roundup, just kind of news that's happening in the league. Um, we do predictions every week. I actually do a gotta have faith prediction. Oh, don't worry. We have that coming for the end of this little segment. Here. Oh, good, good. Um, and so we kind of talk about how we did the previous week, but also, you know, what game made us stop and watch this week. 
a playmaker of the week, and then I do a little photographer's perspective on just some content around the league. I talked a lot about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey this past week. It's all the hot topic around every outlet. Of course. But, yeah, so we, we are fully NFL podcast right now. Um, as the offseason comes and the renegade season actually starts up, we probably will transition a little bit, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I mean, that's always fun. So, Faith. Yes. What are your predictions for the Thursday night game and the Pats game? Okay. And what's your so tag again? What is it? Gotta have faith. Gotta have faith. The gotta have faith picks for the Thursday night game and the Pats game. So for the Pats game, I picked the Patriots 23 to Cowboys 20. Okay, close one. So the whole point of the gotta have faith is basically the only thing that's really riding on it is you gotta have faith. You really gotta just believe that something can work out here even though it probably won't. Um, I'm currently one for two. I did pick the Lions being the Chiefs. You did. I was there when you picked that. Yes, that was the one that I got right. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my prediction. I feel like the Patriots can pull it out. I and, really do. And who you got for Packers-Lions? I think that's the game. I, I was literally kind of looking pr- it I, out to I'm make going, sure. I'm 98% <laughs> sure. Okay. Packers-Lions this Thursday. Mm, you know what? I, I'm still high on the Lions. I feel like they're going to pull it off. Okay, they've had a couple close games. They have, and I feel like, you know, they're kind of hitting their stride. I, it is Packers-Lions to confirm, but I, I think they'll pull it off. Um, okay, so what else can we talk about? We got, who are, who are, who's your dream guest for Ooh, the show? Dream guest. Oh, my gosh, that's a great question. Um, well, the quarterback for the Boston Renegades, Allison Cahill, Definitely excited to have her on. She's a baller. She is the Tom Brady of women's professional football. Tom Brady's actually the Allison K. Hill of men's professional okay. football. <laughs> but um, very excited to have her on um, in the future. She is a personal trainer. Um, she's a trainer in her day-to-day job. And so she's super busy, but we'll definitely have her on. Um, if I was shooting for the moon, the president of the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, she's okay. an absolute queen. I've met her when we went out to Vegas last year, and she's just amazing. So having her on would be awesome. We got we got to get some some connections to get her. I on know. There. Well, we'll see. We're we're just starting. We're just getting rolling. And so. we got to get Deuce on there too, obviously. Of course. <laughs> yeah, we'll have you on there too. <laughs> Me, I'm I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I don't know if I have a fun tagline like Keep the Faith though for my prediction. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. So Faith. Thank you for joining Playmakers Perspective, available on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Yes, and at Playmakers Perspective on Instagram. So, guys, give that a follow. Um, give it a listen to. And send your trivia answers into webradiopatriots.com for a chance to win the Patriots Unfiltered T-shirt. we got to get rid of them so we can get some new updated ones. Yes. Um, all right, let's get back to the show. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no. Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. And now, great moments in... History. He said that there's an episode of Breaking Bad, which I know you were a big fan of. Yeah. Which had a cork-sniffing incident in it. And they were scolding you for not remembering that fact. And you conveniently didn't read their email when they wrote into goes, the show about so, it. So we're sourcing. Our source now is a fictional Conspiracy. television. No, conspiracy. I'm saying that you, 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 do, you don't play both sides. You don't play it fairly here. 
The guy writes in yeah. offering alternative evidence, and you refuse to read Again, it. Again, your evidence is a fictional television show. <laughs> That's not my evidence. I'm just saying. It is. I'm sticking up you for You just use it, Mr. Brown Cable. I'm not using it as evidence. Sweater. I'm saying <laughs> I'm sticking up for the guy who wrote in and was saying that you should have remembered that. Uh, maybe I should have. I don't know. There was like nine seasons, so yeah. I don't know. Oh, but okay. all I know but is that it's settled law now. No, it's not. It, Court sniffing. No, you know, I was thinking that you should change your fundraiser from a wine tasting to an ass tasting. <laughs> oh, wow, that was a mic drop right there. <laughs> that was rude. Fred, I, Fred, I went to That's another great moment from All right, back here on Patriots Unfiltered, 855-PATS-500 at webradio at patriots.com is the email address. We gave away some T-shirts. During the oh, halftime oh, I, show? I love the uh, trivia question. Yeah, well, we're going to read them. Uh, in 2000, Tom Brady was the fourth quarterback on the New England Patriots depth chart. Can you name the quarterback just ahead of him at number three? Michael Bishop. That's correct. And the winner was Mike in, I think, South Brunswick, New Jersey. Did Michael SB? Bishop answer? wrote that? SBNJ. Did Michael Bishop answer his own question? He said his name was Mike. Yeah, it could be. Oh, wow. Uh, a linebacker out of Notre Dame. Which player was part of the Boston Patriots 1962-68 to 68 until traded to Miami for oh. the 1969 season? My guess is it's Nick Bonacani. And your oh. guess is correct. But I would loved him on Inside the NFL. There, when it was Ernest Chavez. Way before my time. <laughs> when it was what? Oh, the winner was. The winner. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Good job. Uh, finally, who was the Patriots' first overall pick of the 1982 NFL draft? Also before my turn. Kenneth Sims. Kenneth Sims is correct. Sims. Nice. Ryan Dobson got that one right. Okay. Good so job, Ryan. Getting rid of some of those T-shirts. They're all XLs. Good stuff. <laughs> You're getting an XL. Uh, by the <laughs> way, speaking of inside the NFL, have you guys watched that at all? It's on. Um, is it the UPN? What do they call that? Thirteen now? Is it UPN? <laughs> UPN. I don't even remember. Paramount? The CW. <laughs> the CW. <laughs> yeah. Which one is it? Man, has that show gone downhill? Like that was my favorite show growing up. When it was on well, HBO. That's all, that, that's all there was. You know, though. right? And it, but you had like the NFL films package. You yep. had the highlights of every game. And then I'm watching it last night, and I'm like, it's Chris Long. Channing Crowder, um, they got what the old safety from the Steelers is the host, but just no chemistry. Paul Amalu? They've all got no. Uh, was it? Uh, he's on ESPN all the time. Ryan Clark. Oh, Ryan, Ryan Clark. Clark. Yeah. Ryan Clark. Uh, that ain't Ryan. There was Clark. one other guy, but they just had no chemistry. They're all kind of dressed like in their own separate, specific ways, and I was just like, this is not what I remember growing up. This should be my favorite show, but not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. That was a good show. Loved it every week. Len, that was Len like, Dawson, Nick Bonacani. Yeah. Nothing's yeah. as good as it used to be. No. Yeah, well, back old. then there weren't a lot of alternatives. If you wanted like a, a highlight package show, that was it. It was that and Berman on Sunday yeah. night. You know, you yeah. watch Chris Berman. The original prime yeah, time. Prime time was excellent with Berman and Jackson. I still love hearing him on the TV. Like you know, what? when you just randomly what? get, I, I love it. It just brings me back to my youth. Like like anytime I can watch him doing his little highlights. I think he, what Monday night before football, <laughs> he gets a little segment now. Um, yeah, just, well, he enjoyed it, and you could tell. Yeah, brings some personality to it. That's why, like, when Romo <laughs> first started, <laughs> I thought he was a breath of fresh air because, like, he seemed like he was having fun, and he yeah. was really into it. And now it, it doesn't seem that way. I anymore. thought he was decent <laughs> so the other day. I didn't listen to – obviously, we were at the game, so I, I didn't hear the whole thing. But some of his, like, the things that he says, I just I, – I don't know. I'm, I'm not – like, he blamed, like, the, the underthrow on Pop Douglas. He was like, Pop Douglas ran the wrong route. Well, there was a question on that. That's why I asked you that yesterday. 
I, how he was he was wondering if he was where Mac thought he was going to be. But like how, like if you're Romo and you're watching that play live and he has the the telestrator thing next to him that sure. shows him the all twenty two like instantly. I just don't know how you could watch that play and be like he ran like because I had all these people in my mentions like I watched it live and we watched it from the press box and I was like I mean Pop Douglas is like a couple yards behind the defender and he, he under clearly was and he underthrows the ball I don't know what you know and everybody he ran the wrong route because like Romo said that he ran the wrong route on TV I right. like I thought some of the things he said more so on Zach Wilson though like a lot of times those guys just go out there and they just tell you how hard it is and yeah. you know give him a break and he wasn't he was like these are just average routine plays that any NFL player should be able to make and he can't make them he refuses to to go with to the ball look at the the coverage and do what he's supposed to do right he was pretty critical uh, I almost felt bad oh I felt bad it was hard to listen to I felt bad for Zach Wilson at, yeah. at points in the game because he was so overmatched you know like he just doesn't have a chance I mean it's all his own fault but uh deep has some uh gripes with us deep Deep. He's uh, from Seattle. Says he loves the show. After moving to the U.S. from India 25 years ago, I've moved around a lot, and your show has given me a certain sense of centering and belonging during that time. So thank you. You're the absolute best. That said, your insane bill bashing <laughs> over the last year has become tedious. That and giving Mac Jones a pass at most times. Paul is the only exception, albeit partially. 20 to 32 teams have O-line gaps. 32 out of 32 teams have injuries. Less than 10 teams feel absolutely great about all their weapons. However, the better teams with above-average quarterbacks win despite gaps and injuries and weaknesses in position groups. I am not talking about the elite quarterbacks, but the quarterbacks ranked, ranked 8 to 16 can be effective with weaknesses around them. The main problem is that Mac Jones is a bottom 10 quarterback, and you all keep grading him in an ever lower curve every week. Mac, okay against the Jets? Really? With a 50% completion record? Please, for the love of all things good in life, take your collective heads out of the you-know-where and stop insulting your listeners' intelligence. The team's woes are 60% attributed to Mac, 15% to coaching, and 25% to player skills. Also, Evan, a couple of timid observations for you. One, it's okay to critique Bill, but maybe have some self-awareness before you get oh, on, go on a 10-minute tirade on teaching <laughs> him how to scheme. I knew this was coming. And two, this don't isn't interrupt. the antebellum South or to. the British Raj. You don't have to add Mr. every time you mention the owner. Just Robert or Kraft will suffice. Hey, don't, man. He, he's hey. the one that signs well, yeah, the What checks. do you call your boss? I'm, I'm as respectful to that man as RKK. I possibly That's can what be. His friends I don't ever hear you calling Bill Mr. Belichick. All that said, you are... All greatly contribute to my sanity among everything else that is going on in life. Keep up the good work. Oh, but keep up the good work after that entire email. What's his name? I, f I forgot uh, his Deep. name. Deep. Deep. Uh, I'm going to invite you to to watch some film with me of Mac Jones whenever you want. Uh, this is an open invitation. And we can break down the film together. And let's see if your opinion on him changes in terms of what's at more at fall about the offense. I think let's you did a great it. job, Deep. Good email. <laughs> But the, I, I'm dead serious. Like, I, like I'm not trying to come at him or anything. Like, no, I, uh, I will say this about that email. I thought it was going to go in a much different direction than it did. Yeah. Um, but listen, the bill stuff, we get it. We th can we put a new disclaimer at the beginning of the show? We understand that we've won six Super Bowls and more had, had more success than any of us would have ever dreamed of, and we 
all widely consider Bill Belichick to be the greatest coach of all time. Like, but at the same time, you want us to criti- you know, criticize the quarterback, but you don't let us criticize the coach. I get it. One has a much better resume than the other, but they all should be allowed to be criticized, right? I don't know. I, I just I feel I our conversations on Mac have been fair, and you know I feel like we don't go overboard when you know he plays something bad. Like you know, I think I think we all agree he's an average quarterback. So there's going to be bad stuff, and there's going to yeah, be good well, stuff. See, like he's average. Like but he deep, thinks he stinks. Deep thinks he's a below average quarterback. We that's, all feel and that's like fine. He's, he thinks he's a know, bottom ten quarterback. That's and that's and that's his opinion, and that's great. Yeah. You know, for us that this is our job, and we watch him all the time, all through the year. That's my opinion, that he's an average quarterback and that he's not really bringing them down. He's also not raising them right now. I mean, now. ultimately, Deep could be right. I, We just don't know. I think it's fair to say the jury's still out on Mac Jones. Which, I also think it's fair to say, not sorry to cut yeah. you off, like with Bill, one, like how many more years do, do we have to give it before we True. can critique him? Right. right? No, I like, think we're coming, uh, we're coming to the – Yeah, I, it's been yeah, five years yeah. since they won the Super Bowl in 2018. Like – at some point we have to and this really started in 19 with bill i like in in the offense and the lack of weapons and the lack of support around the quarterback it's it's why the quarterback you had one of the reasons why he left and i would also just say like no i don't everybody knows i don't know more than than bill belichick about football myself included especially but the point is is i i don't really think his track record with offensive football is all that great outside of brady like, I, I don't think that his track record with it is all that great. I don't. Personally, that's the parts that, like, I don't f- ever feel comfortable, like, saying, well, how could you set up that play X's nose-wise? Like, what about – no. I mean, I've never been in that situation. But I do feel comfortable sort of opining on whether or not I feel the way he sets up a team or tries to build the team is best in this day and age. And that's where I would question some of the stuff. Evan just said, you know, his offensive football. I think he still thinks what he's doing, you know, like I think I think he's thrilled with a win like Sunday. I look at a win like Sunday and said, you can't do that 13 times. You what, might be able to do that three though, times. He said that after the game. Yeah. He said, we're not going to win very many games scoring 15. 15. I know. He says it, but I don't think he believes it. What, like, was, what he does doesn't show you that he believes that. What was Deep's breakdown? I mean, is it Mac was fifty percent, Bill was fifteen, Mac is sixty five. I'd love to see that pie 65 chart. And I didn't even add it up to Alex. <laughs> Alex, you're quick with these things. Did it actually add up to hundred? Because I'm Can famous. Re- well, I'm number. famous for having pie charts that don't equal hundred when I'm done. I, skill of players was a big chunk. <laughs> well, too. see that okay, that stuck out to me. He he mentioned the skill of play. And by the way, twenty five percent was talent. But I want to reiterate, percent was coaching. Can I reiterate that I really liked that email? Um, yeah. I tend to like the emails that are critical of us more than anything sure. else um as long as they're fair like the one that criticized evan before for, for, for suggesting that the Dolph the, the cowboys have never been good on offense which is not what he said um but the skill of the players to me is bill yeah he separated those two it was bill was like 10 percent. the skill of the players was 25 bill acquires the players that's all part of bill and then rolls them out there yeah. You know, and I, that's where I would like. I don't criticize Bill because of his game plan on Sunday or what he did on defense. No. I criticize Bill because there are opportunities to improve the things that we think need to be improved, and he doesn't do it. Yeah, and and I don't, and I won't even like venture to say what his philosophy is about team building because 
you know, look, they took a wide receiver in the first round. They took a running back in the first round. They've taken a tackle in the first round. All of these things they've done, which had they hit, they'd be in a different place right now. But they, I mean, I like we can't sit here and talk about Cole Strange having a terrible start to year two, whether it's because of injuries or whatever, and not say, why did we draft a guard in the right. first round when our offense is so Could you, you know, imagine below par? if Bill was as good a personnel guy as he was a coach? They never lose. You, you, yeah, you, you, the, but that's 2007. Like when he ha- when he actually had more talent than everybody else, they were thirty seconds from going undefeated. That's how good a coach he is. Yeah, I just don't know what the disconnect is. Like why? Like why? Why do they have to be different? You know, like why can you sit there and look at a player and you've seen a million different NFL players over the course of your career? You've studied them. You know everything there is content to know about every position, and then the misses have just been so consistently bad and that's like that and that's really all it is for me with my criticism of bill is that the drafts have not been good enough and that's why you are where you are you have not developed any star players in the last 4 years and you're still sitting kind of in neutral because you don't have players that can change the game you got a couple judon you know like you found little bits and pieces but they haven't found the next Gronk. They haven't found, you know, the next Nate Solder for that matter. Like just a solid tackle who's going to be out there, doesn't need to be a world beater. And that's it. That's everything and for me. And the players that he has found offensively, like that generational players, it's obviously 199th overall. Gronk, who everybody in the league would have loved to have had, he would never would have been around in the second round if he didn't have the back problems yep. coming out. You know, Welker, diamond in the rough. Edelman, diamond in the rough. You know, it's it, and I give him credit for development yeah. in that in that regard and ident- identifying skills that translate to what he wants to do. I give him a thousand percent credit for that. But don't forget Steve Neal. What, what, you know, when you draft Nikhil Harry, that's a little bit different. You know, like there's yeah. there's stakes involved there. Like if if Julian Edelman, like there are. Way more guys that you've long since forgotten about that he tried to make out of Julian yeah, Edelman. Yeah, we know that. Yep. Okay. I don't have to give you yep. my. I, I love to give you the rundown. <laughs> Jeez, but I, they're good. I they're always good. It. I won't do it. Um, but there's no pressure there. There's no. There's no stakes involved. There's nothing. Yeah. You know, if it does, if this doesn't work, it's not. You know, it's a. It's an undrafted free agent. It's a sixth or seventh round pick. Doesn't matter. But if you miss on Nikhil Harry, it matters. Yeah. Exactly the reason it, why it, you it, just said, Mike. It sets you back. That's you should ha- you should have a tackle that is part of your 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 core. You should have a running back who's part of your core. You should have a wide receiver that's part of your core, and you should have a guard now that's part of your core. And I'm not sure you have any of them. Uh, Ramon in Tampa, I really appreciate the format of PU. You talk about all the topics, hot through sleepy sleepers. You have a large panel, but everyone speaks when they want to, and everyone speaks during the show. You also don't well, repeat. You also don't repeat or drag out <laughs> nice maybe a look. little topics, which I love. I love listening for those reasons. My question is, why are talk radio shows set up the way they are and not more like PU? I hate how they all clamor to talk, repeat the same topic each hour, and pretty much have the same agenda every day. Am I in the minority that find their format frustrating? We're in a podcast era. We don't need the hot topics repeated when we can play them on demand. 
I mean, I, I don't know. Go, go ahead. ahead. I, I, mean, I don't listen to a lot of other podcasts, so I'm not really sure. You know, I mean, I listen to radio shows, but I, I don't know. I, well, I don't yeah, really the know. radio shows that he's talking about are designed for basically people who are only listening for 20 minutes. Right. I, yeah. I was going to say that that's why they repeat a lot of a commercial. To- they repeat a lot of topics. They also have to take a lot of commercial breaks that we don't. We take one in the middle of the show, um, much to Hardy's dismay. Um, but they, you know, if, if they talk about something from two to three, uh, the people that are in the car from five to six are not the same people. Yeah. So that's why they sort of reset. And Felger says that all the time, you know, just reset, you know. And th- it is a lot. If you happen to listen to the whole show, it's a lot of repetition. And I, I get your point because you're listening on a podcast. So you hear whatever you want to hear, you know, and, and, you know, playing back. But people are listening live. So they're, they're kind of replaying the the hits, so to speak. And right. you got to get the sound bites. you you got to yeah. do all that. A lot of people take themselves too seriously, too. Not necessarily like local radio, but other That's podcasts. one thing Felger and Mads have never been accused of, taking themselves <laughs> too them. seriously. But, but, but there are, like, like there a are lot examples of, a lot of that. Like the beat writer podcasts, like, okay. Yeah, you, that's like kind of okay, like guys. they have to do it, too. <laughs> that's why uh, Alex and I get along <laughs> so well. <laughs> but how many podcasts too are about one team you know i mean like alex said yeah the 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 beat writers but this is like you guys have been doing this for 20 what four years now like you guys have the chemistry that goes back i'm going on the malcolm gladwell 10,000 hours but but i mean working together still working on it though you know like i don't i don't know what this show would be without you know you guys and your relationship as kind of the anchor and you know your silly fights that you get into and you know like that's just something that you can't Hey, here's the two new Boston Herald writers for the Patriots. They got a new podcast. Well, we like, got to step that up. You know, though. we've uh, <laughs> we've stepped away from that a little bit lately. Have you noticed that? Well, I mean, that one. You know, back in the day when I thought the team was pretty good with Brady, you guys didn't. So we fought. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Also, can Evans you extrapolate become... <laughs> from that that you don't think the team's very good now. But I also think it's fun too that like. You know, when Andy comes back in and, you know, there's listeners who remember him and it's, you know, it's almost like a sitcom where a character comes right. back into well, the show. Absolutely what we did. It's the Kramer clap. You know, you know? love him, love him, hate him, whatever. Glenn Ordway. OK, when I when he first asked me to be on the big show 100 years ago, and that's exactly what he used to talk about. He goes, every day is a different episode. And, you know. You're going to find whatever your personality is is going to get accentuated, and then we're going to explode it yeah. to something much bigger than it is, and you're going to play a character. You're going to play like, a role. Like hating I, Brady. And he said, I never want you to ever say something or do something that you don't believe. Yeah. But we're going to accentuate your quirks, and that's going to be a big thing. And I, I think that that's right about this in general. You know, And obviously Mike and Tony are the two psychopaths that find fault in everything, <laughs> right? I know them both pretty well away from the radio, and especially Tony is really nothing like his on-air personality. Nothing like it. It just sort of gets blown Does up. Does he get squeaky and raspy like just in his well, free yeah, time? The voice, the voice is real. <laughs> yeah. The voice is real. That's not a shtick. Uh, Chris in Colorado, uh, I'm not sure about your other emailer, but where do we sign up to watch Film with Evan? <laughs> I, I think we should auction yeah. a little that could a be pa- Patriots donation auction to the Patriots Foundation. If you lose, you have to watch film with them. Where do I send a check to not have to do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Patriots that's, Foundation. That's what the loser Fred, gets. Fred, Fred and I will we'll do that. <laughs> I'd yes. also like to recommend watching J.T. O'Sullivan's breakdown of Mac against the Jets on yeah. the QB school. 
this is the most objective show out there, except Paul Snark, Deuces Negativity, and Fred's Homeless. <laughs> Kidding. You guys are great. <laughs> That's another great yeah. email. Yeah, the JT, the JT thing was great. Um, you know, it was really focusing on those. For the 30-second start in a row, Mac was better than yeah, most people thought. Well, he broke down those yeah. third, third, third down throws. Yeah. And, and uh, we got to get to the point where everybody thinks he's good. All 15 passes that he completed. <laughs> you know, instead of like, oh, here's a yeah. stat that. You know, he, he's as good as Aaron Rodgers is, you know. Yeah, I would say um, the most interesting thing to me, though, was he broke down the um, the incompletion of Juju um, up the sideline. I'm not sure if that was the first or second, third down at the end, but um, it was really for him more credit to the Jets for really just playing it really well, not really leaving them anywhere else That was the, dis that was the, disguise, the disguised coverage. They, they, showed, they showed one and it jumped into the Juju kind of did a flare out, you know. So, yeah. I, I, I look, anytime someone wants to do one of those things, I'll, I'll watch it. And, uh, you know, I mean, JT, T.O. Sullivan's been doing a great job. Uh, Franklin in Baltimore has a response to Deep. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Mac myself, but I honestly don't know how any fan can look at the pass catchers, see them game in and game out, be bereft of talent, and yet put the onus on Mac as if he was the one who personally picked those players. If you believe that Bill, the GM, the person who constructed the offensive roster, is above repro reproach, then just say it. The rest of us, however, don't view Bill's mishandling of the wide receivers as bashing, but rather a legitimate criticism of his possibly outdated perspective toward the position. That's kind of how yeah. I feel. Yeah. Like, I, I don't feel like we bash anybody with the Patriots. Uh, Do you? No. Uh, Andrew in Louisiana. So Mac is 65% to blame. I remember when Bill used to get credit for coaching players up and developing talent. Interesting. When the player is not playing up to expectation, it's all the player's fault. Sounds like See? the separate categories. I told you that was a good email. Deep mentioned all come back to Teflon Bill. Yeah, I, I told you that, that inspire deep, more emails. The email yeah. that Deep sent. I. That's how you know it's good because you get people that come back. And they weigh in either to support or to come back. You know what keeps it keeps playing in my head? It was something that Bill said. I think it was at the end of last year when we were in that phase of, like, can you just admit Max a starter or not? And he said, Mac can play in this league. And I still just, like, that's that's what I feel, too. Like, he can play in this league. I just don't know if he can put it all together and be, yeah. like, a really good winning quarter. But I'm, he can play I'm waiting to see a consistent level where I say – Something happened today because of Mac. Mm -hmm. Well, that's I remember sitting in the training camp show last year and saying that well, this is the year we're going to find out if Mac is a quarterback that can win you a game or if he is a quarterback that loses yeah. you a game. And he's still in yeah. like Kirk Cousins. Like, like I don't have very many like right down the middle. I, and you guys know I'm a little probably more critical of Mac than you guys are. Um, but I don't have a laundry list of games where I said they lost that game because of Mac. Mm hmm. I don't think that's true. I don't think that they've lost any, maybe, um, because of Mac. But I don't have any that they won because of him either. Yeah. Well, and I think just, that it. sort of puts you in – Quarterback purgatory. Yeah. Like, I think that the Cincinnati Bengals with Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton had a lot of talent. And Dalton played well at times the first three or four years of his career. They won a couple of divisions. They went to the playoffs three or four years in a row – and they couldn't win when they got there because the quarterback was just sort of along for the ride. He wasn't terrible. Andy Dalton in Cincinnati wasn't terrible, but he wasn't good enough either. And I hope that this guy's better than that. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, guess what we'll see now? Evan's back. Evan has returned from practice. Evan has returned from practice. Yeah, Evan has returned from practice. What was the mood? Who was the best? 
All right, Evan, the floor is yours. I'm taking the Patriots. Devon <laughs> Godshaw at practice okay. on Wednesday. So it's lo- lock it in. As, in. As lock Hardy, it up, as baby. As Hardy would say, Mike, lock it, <laughs> lock it <laughs> up. Lock it in. Everybody, perfect attendance for the Patriots. So Cole Strange out there. Devon Jonathan. Godshaw out there. Jonathan Jones out there. Pads? Pads on Wednesdays. Okay, well, then that's that's even a bigger, uh, you know, fact that so they're we'll, out there we'll yeah. see as uh as the head coach likes to say well we'll give you the injury report when we need to yeah. give you the injury report so around four o'clock we'll see what who participated as much as we'll make sure that we get you w- that whatever <laughs> but uh good news i yeah. think it looks like Godshot at least avoided a major injury i'm on just Sunday. i'm just hoping this isn't one of those yeah he was there for stretching but then as soon as stretching was over right was, media well, goes away i think he'll be limited the... i think oh, they'll yeah. list him as limited yeah. no no doubt but yeah it's a good sign I know a lot of people had had posted that you know around the time the Aquale stuff, and then you know they eventually put Aquale on on injury reserve. They said that they felt like he avoided anything major. So yeah, and there's a new '94 out there too. So he'll have a that chance. Guy is. A new yeah, 94. he's a Manny 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 Jones, Manny Jones. another Jones, the defensive tackle, another Jones, but so uh, other size defensive tackle, upper fields, penetrator, upper fields, yep. been upper fields the last co- week or two. Yeah. Okay. All last week too. Um, yeah. Usual media contingent. Krause. Yep. Yep. Usual media contingent. Always a little bit uh, more numbers on Wednesday because you got the quarterback and you got Bill. So a lot of people come down Big on day. Wh- on day, Wednesdays. You know, turn the page to the next opponent. That sort of thing. So nice, nice contingent out there. Weather's still holding up. So no rain. Um, oh my just curious of the curious. usual media contingent. How many are going to Germany? Oh. Uh, I haven't take a poll, little poll. I haven't taken a poll yet, but I will. I'll get back to you on. Why don't that. you get back out there? Ask everybody. I'll, if they're going I'll, to I'll, don't. I'll do that. I I'll, think Mark I'll Daniels ask, is. Oscar I talked to Mark, and he. I think he's. Yeah, he's they're. Going they're I've heard some yeses and some nos already, but not enough to draw. Because yeah, it, it ain't cheap Mm-mm. to get over there. No, just yeah, the I wouldn't. I wouldn't Mass uh, Life has like I feel like ten people covering the past. They do have a lot. They, <laughs> they have, have so a lot many. of people. Thunderdome. They're gonna make them fight for it, right? Karen. Karen. You would imagine would go. And then all the 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 people that do everything. I don't know what to call those people. Producers, but general Predators. assignment. Yeah, general assignment. That's Uh-oh. what I'm talking Uh-oh. about. I used to be Big one J. of those people. Yeah, capital J journalist. <laughs> yeah, I just, just not curious. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was the mood of the team coming off their first win of the year? Uh, okay. Yeah, you know oh. they were. Uh, That's not good. That sounds. They they were normal. Like I I don't no think dancing, that. No dancing. No Kendrick. Yeah, Born they were. I'm trying to think of the name of the song that isn't the lyric that I'm thinking right now because I don't want to say the lyric. Uh, but it, you know, they were there was some dancing and some some rapping going on, some sing along going on during okay. stretching. What right. is the song? How's it go? Smoke weed every day. <laughs> Smoke <laughs> every day. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I can't da, wait da, for da, that da, to da. be clipped. The next episode. Yeah. Do you think uh, next steps, yes. to get ready for the Cowboys, they might go indoors at some point this this week? That's it, a good question. Uh, maybe, maybe Friday, if they're going to pick a day to go inside just for just, kicks. Yeah, just put the crank up the music. Usually Fridays would be that day, yeah. from my experience. So possible. Okay. Good question. Uh, Kyle and Pembroke, uh, in response to Deep, Bill the GM screwed Mac over by letting Myers go and replacing him with Juju. If we had Myers, the Patriots are 2-1, and one, and the M&M connection, Mac and uh, Myers, is heading this team M&M to a playoff M&M. berth. I'm so... P.S., I'd pay a lot to do film break 
down with Evan. You should auction yeah, that off. Oh, since you've been gone? Yeah, we're auctioning Which off another experiences song, by the way. with yeah. you. Um, yeah, a lot of people. They want to sign up for the... A lot of people interested uh, in the experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're well, we do the, the, we the, do the audio foundation. breakdowns of Mac every single week, so I take about 20 minutes of Mac film and break it down. So you're not... I'm not live, but you can, like, wa- you know, walk it through with Set me. it up. Send out a Zoom link. Questions. Yeah. I'm um, oh, sorry, WebEx. I was just going to say, I'm really... I'm just really disappointed. Evan availability. No, <laughs> Stacy, can you? You only have on to make the, the offensive coordinator available every week. Uh, I, I'm just kind of mad at myself for my Jacoby Myers. Me too. Take of the spring, you know, when he left, I and I'm like, I'm like, how was I not apoplectic about that? I try to tell you, you guys know? all the time. I know you were right, Paul. No, no, I no. Know no. You were. That's not what I'm we trying did. to tell you all the time. But you know, just you know, because I'm crazy <laughs> doesn't mean I'm you know, you know doesn't mean do. I'm wrong. You know, you <laughs> like know, that. I'm gonna you know, that. like in politics, when the president does a State of the Union, and then whatever party. Yeah, it gives the office. They have yeah, the rebuttal. Yeah, the rebuttal. So when Bill O'Brien does his thing, we should have the Evan rebuttal <laughs> afterwards. No, no, no. Let no, me no, tell no, you what no, you no. did wrong. But I, to that point, we actually did have a comment on YouTube. I don't remember who the commenter's name was that called us out on yeah. that. And unlike Deep's email, I agree completely yeah. with that criticism. We yep. were, me, I will speak yep. for myself. I only speak too. for you no, guys. I'm with you. I totally thought Juju was going to be a better option for them to, than Jacoby Myers. I thought it was going to be an upgrade. And that, it's not even just not been an upgrade. It's been a complete disaster kind of so far. This is one where I, I think, I think, I, I think I kind of sided with Myers on that one. Yeah. You did. You were with me. Yeah. Because we like, Mr. Myers, we wanted to him well, to that's stay around. That, you know what? That might have been part of it too. That Maybe was. subconsciously, I was I was, I was biased. Yeah. I, that I could totally, be true. I totally undersold what what Paul mentioned yesterday, which I thought was was a really good point of just like how much space Kansas City's offense opens up. So that like when he was catching the ball in Kansas City, it's true. the Everyone's yak like, is totally with different. Down the field. <laughs> right, like the yak setup is so different than like when he catches the ball here and there's there's a guy on top of him already. In Kansas City, there was all this open space for him to just run with the football, and that that hasn't yeah. translated here. You know, know, he just has. His only other really good year in the NFL was opposite Antonio Brown at the yeah. height of Antonio Brown's powers. And it's like, and you're just talking about the field stuff, which is completely applicable but i'm just like we love jacoby myers he's a receiver that we developed here as like a guy on the inside who made big plays like how do we let him go i think there's really something to be said too for like kind of setting a tone of this is an undrafted guy that we developed and now we're rewarding because yeah and it's the same thing what does that say to your teammates if you reward a guy like that thought he was a little bit of a malcontent and he was part of the gang of five and i don't think they wanted to give him the money but I think it was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was a mistake. And I also, like, I just, I didn't really, um, I didn't really get the whole thing. If you wanted to bring him in, if you wanted to bring Juju in because you said all the things that were on the pros, right? More yak, more playmaking ability, maybe an ability to mm-hmm. make a guy miss. Whereas Jacoby didn't have a lot of that in his game. And I agree, he didn't. Why, like, it had to be one for one? That's the part that I really bristled at all offseason. It was um, Mike Gesicki for Jonu Smith. It was Juju Smith-Schuster for um, for Jacoby Myers. It was, at the time, um, James Robinson for um, Damian Harris. Yep. And I said, okay, yeah, you can make Shuffle an argument. You can make an argument that in all of those cases you got a little bit better. But really, you're talking about six and, and, and a half dozen. It's not really much different. Mm-hmm. And I would say I loved what Jacoby Myers did. I thought that he clearly fit in. Why not bring Juju in in addition to that? 
Yeah. That you would know, be investing too much in the offense, Paul. That's where I got really frustrated. Now, there was a lot of other things I said at the time. We don't have to get back to them now about the yak, and they both averaged 12 a catch. I don't really care how that comes about. It was a 12-yard gain, you know? I stand by my TikTok boy comments I made back then. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the ace ticket hotline, 855 uh, John's in Louisiana. What's up, John? Hey, what's up, y'all? Got to make a hey, John. talk by you joke. Uh, I started calling yesterday, but y'all talked about the Cardinals uh, offense. How was it that that offense looks way better than ours? I know Evan likes to talk about the explosive plays, and I know they have more explosive plays than us, but I want to see y'all to talk about that a little bit. He said, you said Cardinals, right? Yeah, yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, uh, yeah, they they were feisty. I mean, I don't know. I, I only watched one one game of theirs really closely, so I, I don't know what the first two games really looked like. They looked pretty good in the first on uh, the second game against the Giants. The, too. The, the one thing that really stood out, and we'll see, like you know, they were playing it in their dome in Arizona. Like I would like to see what it's like on a fast track for this Patriots offense. But I thought even the Cardinals had a lot more team speed than the Patriots did offensively. Uh, you know, they and they yeah. uh, when you like, kind of look at their personnel, like Hollywood Brown. Um, Rondell Moore, yeah. like they do, they they have guys that can run on that team, and that was one thing that I think really stood out to me watching them on film was was how fast they were, a lot faster than I thought. It's funny how that works, huh? Yeah. If you want fast, if you want team speed, get fast players. So what was the quote? Uh, yeah, that was the yeah. quote. Draft Taekwondo. If you want to be tough, get tough players. You want to have a hot girlfriend? You got to start dating hot girls. Back next week, <laughs> week, week five is that yeah. right? So yeah. he could be back next week. I think I think <laughs> he yeah. will be. Be good. Uh, let's Tycoon. go to yeah. Nate in northeastern Pennsylvania. Kind of vague. What's up, Nate? You crew, how you doing? Good. Hey. I, uh, I have a quick observation I'm hoping to get your take on. I don't know if it's right or wrong either, so Evan, please feel free to chime in. But over the last three games, it's on uh, offensive play calling. Um, over the last three games, I've been pretty satisfied with, uh, with Bill O'Brien and, and a lot of the stuff he's schemed up. But I've gotten the vibe that uh, a lot of times on like second or third down and let's just say six yards, the pass play goes for like four yards or five yards. It seems like they're scheming up a lot of stuff that's just short of the sticks. Is it just me or uh, do you guys see that as well? Honestly, I I thought last week it was the opposite that they were scheming, especially in the second half. The third, they were yeah. great on third down in the first half. They were six yeah. for ten. Uh, the second half, I thought that they were – I mean, there was all the deep balls to Juju and stuff like that that they were trying to do on, on third and medium, which – so I, I I don't necessarily think that it that it has anything to do with play design. No, Park, Parker passed the yeah. sticks on that big one up the left sideline. I mean, they, they, this is totally anecdotal, yeah. but I, I can think of the Tom Brady offense um, often being predicated on – Throw short of the sticks and relying on Wes Welker and Julian Edelman Make to run miss. for the first yeah. down. James White, um, a lot of their third down success is not necessarily th- throwing it beyond the sticks. Yeah, football Maybe outsiders used to really used to track it. Uh, they called it Alex after Alex Smith because <laughs> Alex Smith was always short of the sticks. Uh, but uh, you know, RIP to football outsiders. They're yeah. they're going through some some. Yikes. So they I don't know if that stat is readily available anymore, but. Uh, usually the the Patriots were actually pretty good about throwing past the sticks relative to the rest of the league. So I, I don't know what it's at yeah. quite quite right now. Though. Yeah, maybe I'm still just reeling from last week with the Dolphins and how many times they had to bring the sticks out to measure. Um, but I just didn't see very much yards after contact on some of those short plays. But again, I'm kind of lumping all three games together. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks, Nate. Uh, Eric is in Amherstburg. 
What's up, Eric? Bill. Township. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm going to make this really quick, but I have a little bit of a bone to pick with Deuce because... Finally, somebody... You said that there was only, <laughs> right? So, you said that only, like, oh, what wide receiver can make a difference on this offense? It's not just one wide receiver. It's the accumulation from 2018 till now. Sony, Juju, uh, all the Taekwon, all these guys that Bill just can't draft. He's bringing in guys to replace guys like you guys were saying. It's not working out, and it is completely disastrous. And if you want to go just with this offseason, because I'm sick of you guys talking about Gonzo and how great he is. He could be Deion Sanders, and in this day and age, it's nothing. It means nothing. You sign or bring in Zay Flowers, bring in Hopkins, that's one move, eliminate Gonzo, and... Does that change your offense? Does that make you more competitive? I think it does. I don't think Gonzo makes the difference on keeping us competitive in these games. Have uh, a great day, guys. All right. I, I disagree a little bit. I mean, in terms of scoring a lot of points, obviously, no. You need you need pass catchers. But I think the defense is what is keeping them competitive right now. Yeah. And he's a big part of the defense. I would also just say, like, why not both? Like, you, he mentioned yeah. Hopkins. Like, they could have signed Hopkins yeah. and drafted yeah. Christian Gonzalez in the first round. So, I don't like that that's the piece of it to me that doesn't really yes you can't have Zay Flowers and Christian Gonzalez you had to pick one or the other there in the first right. round but you could have had Christian Gonzalez and let's say you know Josh Downs you know who's had a pretty good start in Indianapolis uh so like you could have, it doesn't have to be one or the other it might not have been Zay Flowers but it could have been somebody else yeah I mean I agree I mean I don't know why he's calling me out but I you know my point was more just that they weren't they didn't ignore it like they drafted a wide receiver in the first round like it's not like they just are like we're never touching a wide receiver I, I agree with everything you said I'm I, yeah that know, was that, one that of those stuck in his that was one of those coming at you with things that I've heard you say yeah. many times yeah, yeah. I'm um, with you the draft the, the Gonzalez thing to me is interesting and I I listen I was on Gonzalez before they drafted him he was a guy that I identified as one of two or three guys that I really had hopes that they got. So I'm I'm thrilled okay, with Okay, Mel. No, I'm <laughs> I'm thrilled with the way he's playing. I'm not trying to tell you that I didn't want him cuz I did. Yeah. But I do sort of understand the argument of you're falling short because of you're missing some pieces on offense. So just because you hit on the first round pick doesn't I'm fine with it. I'm like I'm just giving you the devil's advocate side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like did you lose a couple of games cuz you couldn't protect your quarterback? But so maybe if you took it, you know, but or, isn't the gripe about the day two picks like absolutely yeah. you, could, I, you could go there, too. And you Keon White is, has looked great in flashes, but he doesn't play. Like, and he, and neither, he, neither does Mapu. Right. And neither does. They both play 10 snaps a game. Right. So like my the criticism isn't of Gonzalez. I, 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 I know you're not I can't, saying can't that. state that strongly enough. Yeah. The criticism is not of Gonzalez, who I just wrote well, an ode to. For and my, it, you and know, it goes my back to like, where would we be without him right now? You know, the second round pick Thornton. You know, yeah. That's so. well. That's another. Yeah. That's the one that really, like, obviously, really kills them because, in their eyes, they're not going to invest another top fifty pick in a receiver because they just did that last year, and that's how that's how they've explained it in the past. Like when they went in nineteen, they took Nikhil Harry in the first round, and then in twenty twenty, they I think they took Trey Nixon in the seventh. That was mm-hmm. maybe that year, but they didn't take a receiver, and everybody was like. How, like how did you not take a receiver like that's like it's such a big issue and his response was we traded for Sanu and we drafted Nikhil Harry so we had already invested a first and a second round pick at the receiver position so we're not gonna we've already used too much capital on receivers 
Whereas other teams, you know, I've mentioned Philly in the past, they just kept trying. They, they, and they just kept drafting them, and it, it worked out. Uh, still in Seattle, people that are calling for Mac to be retooled with high-end weapons are forgetting the fact that you have to make this guy the highest-paid player on your franchise's history soon, on top of equipping him with players that have to carry him. That doesn't make sense to me, so I can see how it wouldn't make sense to Robert Kraft and most GMs. Thoughts? Then you don't want to win. Like, you're, you're content with this. I mean, you have to spend money at some point, right? Yep. Be a tough decision. What's I mean, the I mean, I'm not telling I'm not telling you you have to do it to Mac Jones, but I'm saying the guy's right. The email is right. Eventually, soon, three your years. quarterback is going to be your highest paid player that you've ever had in your team. That's going to happen sooner or later. Three years. Okay. Whether it's Mac or somebody else, like at some point that's going to happen. Are you willing to? You know, not necessarily the highest guy, but are you willing to augment that with high-paid guys around him? Yeah. And if you're not, you're going to struggle. I know. And that, and the hard thing, too, is like watching, you know, some of Dallas's games with the Giants and just watching Daniel Jones. And, like, this is, you know, it's just such a hard thing. Like, I get why they did it, but, like, you don't want to be that team that has to pay the average quarterback with the hope that he's going to suddenly get to a level that you have not seen and you're paying him for things that you haven't seen yet. You know, you're giving him – a top of the con, you know, top of the team kind of contract, and I won't kill them if they don't do that for Mac Jones. Uh, that's for why exactly I think the reason the, you said. That's why I think the fifth year option is a no brainer for Mac yep. Jones. That's uh, only like twenty million. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and so that way, there you still have the fifth year of team control, but you're not paying the forty million. That's that's the problem. The Giants. That was the mistake the Giants made. The Giants. Be, and, and granted, it was based off of Daniel Jones's first two years in the league. So I understand why they didn't want to pick up the option. But they didn't pick up the option, so then he became a free agent a year earlier, and so then they had no choice but to pay him. Yep. Right. So they, they only got four years of affordability instead of five. Mm-hmm. Right. You should get five. Because technically you can t- pick up the fifth-year option, and then in year six you could franchise him. And, and now you're still kicking the can down the road of giving him the $90 million do- guaranteed. <laughs> so, uh, Rich in New York City, love the show. I think what the caller who criticized the Gonzo pick does not realize is that you need a lockdown corner in this NFL. As Fred said previously a while ago, a lockdown corner opens things up and helps you in this league. That's that's for sure. It's one of the three. They're important. rare. Yeah, it's they're I mean, rare. The corner, a pass rusher, a receiver, a quarterback. I mean, those are, you know, the big four. And left tackle yeah. maybe. But, you know, you, you, they didn't have that guy. And, I mean, I don't know what things would look like right now when you got – all the Joneses are on the sideline. You had no Gonzalez, so you would have what been starting Sean Miles Wade and Miles Bryant last week. Like, you know, I, I mean, I you know respect that that people prefer the re- receiver, and I understand why. But I think given where Gonzo was supposed to go and where you got him, it, it was a no brainer, and it, it didn't fill a. Re- and I think you know the point it about it did fill a need. Hit I mean, it in we the all second round. That, that was a big could have hit it in the second round. But I thought there were there were linemen and and skill position guys to be had. That but it's just like it's so frustrating because you have a six round pick that is clearly the most athletic receiver you got. What would it look like if instead of Jake Andrews, who God knows when he's ever going to get in the lineup. If you, if you got one of those earlier guys like day three, that's what it looks like in on, at the sixth round. What would it look like in the third They're round? They're talking about the, the fourth round, Dewan Jones, right? Yeah. yeah. He's the fourth rounder. Well, They're one. talking about moving him to the left side now. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a play. I mean, when, he, what's his he face got hurt, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Conklin. He was great at Ohio State, uh, Dewan Jones. Like, that was an off the field, like, personality trait But that's issue. like second round. I mean, you know, the, the second or third day. Yeah. Like, no, I hear you. Uh, That's when you roll the dice on those Shutters in Manchester, UK. 
I thought Douglas's game looked off a bit uh, last weekend, and I'm just wondering if others thought that too, and if it's from the knock of his confidence after Bill benched him against the Finns. I, I hope I'm wrong, but that's the feeling I got. And Bill's stubborn ways affected more than one game. And thanks, Deuce, for the Patriots' propaganda support. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't, don't know. I didn't see enough of him to really yeah. make that observation. I don't um, know his game well enough to know if he was off last week. Let's put it that I way. I mean, obviously they didn't connect on the deep ball. So if you're going just based off of, yeah. like, the targets, I guess, like that. But I thought the route that he ran on third down, uh, that Mac made a great throw to throw it, you know, drop it over the first level. And before, yeah. I thought that was a really good route. I mean, if you, like, watch it, he he really does a nice job of, of pushing vertical up the field to get the safety to, you know, have to bail out and then break, like, He's a dynamic route runner. They just they got to figure out a way uh, to get him involved with while living with the growing yeah. pains of a, yeah. of a rookie receiver. My only concerns with him are size. I think he can play. I think yeah. he has ability to play. Can he hold up? Can he hold up? Uh, Sullivan, what's your assessment been on the linebackers so far? I feel like I haven't heard any of their names stand out. Bentley, Tavai, Wilson, and to an extent Uche seems to have been quiet. But what are all your thoughts? Uh, I think Benley was bad last week. He was good this week. Tavai has been what he's what he is, um, and Mac Wilson is barely playing right now. And do you, do you include Jennings as a linebacker? Sh- well, yeah, for this ish. game, sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. And I mean, I'd love to see more of him. I just I don't I don't know how much he can really move the needle. On, so, you know, on passing so downs, game but plan. like Bentley and Tavai struggled against Miami speed. Yeah, they are much more present against the Jets' physicality. Yeah. That's kind of lends itself to there, and I think Jennings played for the same reason. Yeah, but ben, Benley was was awesome yeah. against the Jets. But that's his game. He's yeah. o- that's why I, that's why I like them against Dallas is because I think that he can play that way. Like if you're going to play in a phone booth against Jawan Bentley and run it right I just at think him, they're different caliber players. That's all. I mean, that, that, that's Dal- valid. Dallas has Absolutely. different caliber players. I mean, but Uche, you know, twenty six snaps last week. I just, I, he's a really interesting player to me. Of, of how the league's going to view him this off season, and how the Patriots are going to view him this off season. Um, he certainly looks athletic out there running around, but I think he's fine. He I just think he's a, really, I think he's a role player. And I think role he does player. fine in that role. Yep. I feel for Kyle Duggar in that respect because. I don't think it's on purpose. I know people like wear the tinfoil hat on, <laughs> on these types of things and say that, but they had to. They have to replace Devin McCourty. He has to be a part of that, and he's moving further and further away from the ball. So, like all of those plays on the ball that he made last year are now all going to Jabril Peppers, who happens to not be a free agent. Yeah, at the full end of disclosure: the year. in in general terms, I'm one of those tinfoil hat guys. <laughs> I agree with Evan what he just said about Duggar. I don't think this one is is that. I think this is out of necessity. Yeah. Um, clearly, they're not thrilled with, with Adrian Phillips and Jalen Mills because they haven't played a whole lot. Yeah. So it's Duggar, it's Peppers, you know. Yeah, Mills a little more this week, um, but you're right yeah. about but I, I, Phillips. I, I, don't, I don't feel like it was some kind of um, orchestrated attempt. to. I think you could make an argument with what they did with the tackles last year. I had the tinfoil hat on for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly, so did Trent Brown. <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, but, I, but I don't I don't look at this that way. I think that Duggar is probably not going to have the stats that he did last year anyway. I mean, the ball found him a lot last year. You know, like a fumble. Re- Remember the fumble that Hopkins had against Arizona when yeah. he was, like, carrying it like this and he just dropped yeah. it? And then Duggar picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown. Like those, he's, that's not likely to happen two years in a row. And now you, you couple the fact that he's 
been sort of single high a little bit, which yeah. he never was no, it's when Devin it, was here. It must be so hard for other teams, especially on defense, to project how the Patriots players would fit into their scheme. Because, you know, if you're going to sign Uche to a big deal and you like his, his pass rush ability, he's never been a three-down defensive player going back to college. He's always just kind of been a pass rusher. And, you know, how much do other teams really value that role for if we're going to pay a, a defensive end outside linebacker, we want to make sure he's going to be yeah. playing I don't a lot know how, for us. I don't know how much, but I think every team has those kinds of players. I just don't know how much you pay for that. Yeah, like, right. He's not Von Miller, you know, who's going to command big money as a situational pass rusher. But, I don't know, could it be Leonard Floyd? It's just really hard to – see him as anything more than a situational pass rusher because like you said like he didn't even do that in college like at Michigan he was a rotational guy too and it's really hard to like shake that reputation around the league like a lot of times (coughs) teams do go back to their college evaluation of players and they're like this is what we thought of him coming out it's sort of what he's been in the league like we don't we view him as a third down guy and that's it yep I'd be very surprised if he leaves because of a big money deal. Yeah. You know, I, I for the, all the reasons you guys just yeah. said, I think if he leaves, it's going to be because the Patriots clearly didn't really want him. And they just think they could get a third yeah. down pass rush outside guy who's got some traits. Yeah. That's uh, emailer says, what happens when Thornton comes back? Does he help the Patriots pass game more because he's our deep threat? Hopefully, I, uh, God, I, I, I mean that would be the optimistic view. against hope that yeah he's going to bring an element. Of I'm speed. ready to get ho- hurt again by Taekwondo. Yeah. Are you going to op- uh, you're going to put yourself three out there? games? I'm going to I'm no. going to be vulnerable, Paul, <laughs> and I'm going to put <laughs> myself okay. out there again because I'm proud of you. They're they don't have very many guys that can separate, like whatever way you want to yeah. call that, like you know route running. D- speed with Taekwon's case. So Thornton's going to come back and like in the fifth game he's going to get hurt again. (laughs) He's going to be like we are never ever ever (laughs) getting back together. Oh I do it every time with him. I'm I'm infatuated by the skill set and the player has just not consistently been able to put it together but when you see those flashes man like even the catch he got hurt on and joined practices against the Packers Mm -hmm. ran right by everybody and you know got hurt laying out for the, the pass in practice. Uh, let's see. Phil writes in, if Strange is out and City So is healthy, is he an option at left guard? And if so, does he look better than Mafi? I was thinking a little bit about that. I don't know. So played, you know, that was where he played last year in, in college. Um, I, I don't know. It's a good question. Are they on him at tackle and that's it? Because it kind of seemed like it. Although they gave him, did they give well, him Well, he played guard in week he one. He played yeah, guard week right, one. Right, He's yeah. got in there. So maybe, maybe. I mean, I would keep an eye on both Mafi and and him as you know potential guys especially with them when you was a free agent i mean is it crazy to think that next year those are your two starting guards no nope. and i would applaud them for that if you if, as long as they can play yeah i would because pay that's what you like but that's what you do you draft guys to replace the guys that you think you might lose yeah that's what they used to do when they were really rolling i would pay big mike i think that's going to be a fun offseason debate about big mike i mean you have a like you have $75 million yeah. in cap space. Like, where else are you going to spend it? Receiver, kid. We need a receiver. Okay, so there's $20 million. <laughs> Like, you know, like... We need more than one receiver. That's not yeah. going to do it, guy. Like, how many... Like, it's $75 million to get to that number, and they spend to the cap. Like, we can talk about the cash and all that, but, like, they spend to the cap every year, mostly. Uh, <laughs> mostly. 
how else are you going to get there? Like without without paying some of these guys, right? You know, like it, it's just you're going to what are you going to be forty million under the cap? Well, like, <laughs> I mean, but you still have to bring back some people, probably. Right? Yeah, so well, that's what he's talking about, Michael. Big Owen. Mike, yeah. Duggar, and Duggar. I, I think both. There's no reason from a, a cap standpoint. Like so, there. Those two guys are going to cost probably ten million each at most. I would say. I think Duggar's going to get some money. So you're there. You go. You spent you spent twenty percent of your your eighty million dollars in cap space on two on those two guys. Uh, Christian in North Carolina. Look what happens when the star player you happens. paid has to show up in a moment when you need uh, need him to. And he's talking about Judon. Imagine if we had that on the offense. We might be able to convert cr- crucial third downs and close out games, or even better, come back and win. Yeah. Feel bad for this defense. It's going to get old quick for them. Like, oh, like, I got gotcha. you. Tedious of having to yeah. Yeah. hold the fort every game. When I was watching, we were watching the Speaking game. Speaking of that, the Jets, they're ready to implode. Oh, this uh, Patriots broke another yeah. team, yeah. right? Huh? Is it weird right? to you guys Deuce, that, uh, Deuce, Deuce. I did it. Check. Good job. <laughs> is it weird to you guys that Aaron Rodgers is going on Pat McAfee and talking Tell about him to grow up? And yeah. talking about his own team? Like, like very strange. Right? It's very like strange. he's above yeah. it. But yeah. he he's under contract. Like he's still a jet, and he's yeah. going on. He's going to be their it's quarterback weird. next year. Yeah, it's very odd. It's weird. Uh, let's see, uh, Rob in San Diego via Connecticut. This might be a summation of the ongoing live discussion regarding Gonzo and wide receiver draft picks. I think that people are trying to say defense is just not as important in 2023 due to many factors ranging from offensive schemes to change in rules. The outdated perspective of Bill is how he chooses to allocate resources. He isn't doing anything different in 2023 than he did in 2016, 2008, or prior. That's the problem. He no longer has the GOAT, and the league has changed. Put a statue on the man, on the man outside Gillette the day he leaves, but I think we are watching the career arc of many excellent past coaches who ended with a series of mediocre seasons. It's a common... Common take. Yeah. When's the last? Well, I guess Bill Walsh. He went out on top, right? Yeah. He went out on top, but coaches don't never normally like win it. And say I'm no. I'm done. Fade away. Yeah. yeah. Marv Levy. That was no. John Madden did. Yeah. Yeah, I think he but did. He, but he was early, right? I mean, he, yeah. He, yeah, he has like the best winning percentage of all time, I believe, still. Yeah. Um, but that's percentages. Partly because that's why I just said best winning percentage. But I think like not. when you're a coach, that's what you are. Like you can't imagine yourself doing anything else. Yeah. You know? And if you're still coaching at that age, like what else are you, you probably do? die like a minute after you retire yeah. anyways. Yeah. So. Like the Chuck Knowles, Tom Landry's, those types, they had greatness. They slowly deteriorated once the quarterback and then they had like four or five yeah. mediocre to bad seasons Shula, and then they were done. Right. Shula, Shula same way. Same way. Yeah. It's funny, my grand, you know, my grandfather coached at Tusk, coached track um, until he died. He was like, I think, seventy-one. Um, and then when Bill Rogers was no longer winning marathons, <laughs> like right. he, he never won couldn't anymore. Keep it going. <laughs> couldn't win it without. But it was. I remember my dad saying and he continued to win till the end. But but I remember my dad telling me that like he just I don't get these kids. They're you know it was like in the seventies, like they're long hair. And, you know, he, hippies, he, yeah, he'd get all fired up. These like he just couldn't hippies. Couldn't get connect with the players lawn. anymore, right? <laughs> uh, Claire, hello everyone. Hello. Had a wonderful time on Claire's okay. podcast last week. Oh yeah, uh, oh. I did. Favreau Brown. What's going on in there? <laughs> Favreau Brown. Uh, that, that perhaps she says, just perhaps, perhaps, 
the Jets are sticking with Wilson to fail enough to drop the top quarterback next year to put behind Rodgers for one year in 23-24 and then take over the year after. Just a thought. Oh, quiet question. So it wouldn't this is, be the dumbest thing. No. no. I mean, so Salah and Douglas now have their way of tanking without tanking. They, We're they, sticking with our quarterback. They ha- well, and plus, with, it's not going to be any different with Trevor Simeon. Uh, but right. if you go to Woody Johnson and say, listen – we're screwed. Like we can't get anybody in. We can't get yeah, anybody in yeah, right it's now. Trevor Simeon right? or bust. So we're going to win three or four games. We're not going to do much better than that. But it's going to put us in a position to get Caleb somebody. Williams. Here he comes. Somebody. I, I, I think, and we'll yeah. have Aaron Rodgers next year. So we're going to win immediately because if you can keep that team reasonably in, yeah. intact, you're going to win next year. And then you got year. a quarterback for ten years. I, I mean, I think lose along the way. I, I think this Mac thing has changed my my philosophy a little bit. Like I just. Like, to me, it's like it's kind of a no-brainer to just do that. Maybe that's because I feel kind of like the Patriots have burned two of the last three seasons for just S's and giggles, you know? But, like, if you get Caleb Williams, like, you know what I mean? You have a guy that you can I just play with and win games. Caleb Williams is, is, is a special prospect. I Some people are, like, putting him in the Hall of Fame already, and I'm not, like, I no. don't know about that. But he, he's no a special knows. prospect. Yeah. But, like, but, like, end of the day, is it – and unless you've m- improved the supporting cast, like how much better is it truly going to be? Unless he's like generationally good, right? You like mean for the Patriots, yes. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, right. and, and I still—that's why I still go and say that supporting Mac is the best path forward for the, for the Patriots. Yeah, like building around him and m- making him—you know—like he likes to say, he likes to say, "I want to be a point guard." Like I just want to distribute the ball to the open guy like i don't want to you know have to do 500 yards a game right and if that to me is still the the better route for this team but like if you're the team like the jets that are going to lose anyways then that's that's what i mean it's like and you know what are they gonna what are they gonna pick seventh you know like they're gonna like the patriots no the jets you know like like oh no they would have they would have to like really bottom up like like last year they won seven games with that guy just go for it you know like what's the difference mike white won a couple didn't he yeah, he won five. He went five and four though. Mike White won one game. I oh, okay, believe, I, something like was, that. I thought it was two. Flacco won. Uh, Flacco won at least one, maybe two. But if you're just so sick of this, the Jets, you've been doing this forever. Like you have a chance to maybe like, man, you kind of screw it up this year, but then you could be set for the next few. You got everything else in place. Yeah, I think Mike White went one and three. Flacco went one and three, and then. So yeah, that See, if, I, if See, I'm the Jets, one of my pie charts that didn't add up to 100. <laughs> so ha- I stopped. Pulled the plug. You have to, like, it has to be Caleb Williams to me. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, all these other quarterbacks are just, like, they're they're good prospects. Don't get me. They're first-round guys. But, like, them, like Zach Wilson was a first-round guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah. the, the Caleb Williams is the only one that's, like, generational prospect level. Once you get past third overall, there's some kind of projection involved. You know, and there's certainly talented guys there. But I would say, like, the hit rate just rapidly drops. Yeah. And, you know, unless you just happen to stink beyond all belief the one year that one of these guys is coming out. Yeah, you know, and it's, and that, the hard thing is identifying the guy. Like, I, I did a little of this because I'm going in to talk to my boys on my show. Oh, boy. And one of my boys' big thing is, now, oh, you know, why would you ever do that? Why would you, you – you, all these guys, they all stink. They all stink. Why, why are you going to – you're going to trade up in the top ten, you're going to take a guy who stinks. Like, okay, because this is – who that would be. Because this, this is why, Michael. Because <laughs> – Michael, me? A, a, a very, like, very rudimentary listing of quarterbacks, okay? He's practicing. But, just, just gonna give you, and this is not necessarily in any order, but Patrick We're Mahomes. shopping it right here. Patrick yes. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, 
Tua, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence. Okay? Would, did I miss some? I mean, I know I read them really fast, but I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you this is the top 15. I'm not top – the order. But that's about what the best quarterbacks are right now in football, right? Okay, out of that group, they're all first-round picks <coughs> except for Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson. I included Russell Wilson based on his career, not what he is right now. <laughs> right. Okay, but I recognize that throughout his career, he was a top 10 quarterback. So I'm going to include him for, uh, out of the interest of fairness. He was a third round pick. Dak, fourth <coughs> round. Jalen Hurts, second round. All the rest of those guys are, t- are first round picks. So I know that there's a million busts. I know that Zach Wilson shouldn't be in the league, right? I know that. I know Justin Fields is a disaster Trey right Lance. now. Trey Lance is hurt. But if you want to get one of these guys, you have to pick them in the first round if you want a guy. You just have got to hope you get it right. Yeah. It's not easy. Like, Felger is Adam Rosen. He's Adam is Josh. Josh Rosen. <laughs> Sam, good broadcaster. Josh, bad quarterback. Uh, Sweet Kid says, which running back gives you the best chance to win this game, Zeke or Mondre? Zeke, based on what last week, wow. and he's got if some motivation. If you it's know? not Mondre, we got bigger problems. Why? Because he's he should be your best running back. But what if the, what if Elliot's better? Who do you? What he's do you not care? better. Oh, yeah. not right now. Come I, on. I, I, I agree with you, but I don't really like. I think they're doing a. What difference does it too? make if one guy is good and the other guy is not? Who cares? I think that this game is definitely. If our best running back right now is Zeke Elliott, we got problems. Okay, and I think we can. Hard words from a hard them. man. <laughs> We could just do this all. We could do this forever. Sorry, Zeke's got. If Zeke's decisiveness that he showed in a game against the Jets is what he's going to be, then the way that the Cardinals ran on the Cowboys, I would. Then Zeke, I think, is probably your best bet. They're doing a thing for him too. I think they're a little little honor. I do think he will be motivated. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Turn your mic on. James Pettigrew, the most interesting Patriots fans in the world, says, "I'm with Evan and Mike. I think." I feel like there might be some bones on this team. Whilst our offense sucks, I feel like our defense makes us a difficult out. Yeah. Oh, I would I would largely agree with that. Yeah. I don't think no, they're an Paul, easy team. He said he agrees just, with me and Mike. No, but I don't think they're an easy team <laughs> to play against. You're not allowed to have that opinion. But out. Uh, I just, I want just them, don't think they're a threat. I just want them to surprise me. I haven't been surprised in so long. I haven't seen, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every game I feel like I'm like, yep, that's about right. You the, know, like, the out now glee on I your face is just priceless. I'm not glee. It's not glee. Oh, no, it's, it's, I just want to be the surprised. Desires. surprised. I want to wake up on Christmas morning and get everything <laughs> I want. I want that BB gun, and I don't want Dad to hide it in the corner. I want it when I unwrap my presents, uh, and I don't have any surprises. Kyle and Pembroke, I know Gilmore is a stud of a cornerback. However... I notice he's been vulnerable against quicker ride receivers as he's gotten older. Do you think we could use Pop Douglas as nah, a mismatch against have Gilmore? Should have pressed him. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be covering Demario Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> Gilmore, Gilmore is uh, definitely still a starting caliber corner, but he's he he has lost a step. I will agree with that. I don't. But they're not going to put him on a little slot guy. No, that's no. never been his game. No, the height no. of his powers. How dare you no. say that about no. me? I'm the best cornerback no. in the game still. No, yeah. I think he's still really quiet. good. Christian can quiet assassin chiming in from the other side. <laughs> I remember I think, watching him every day. Who's more quiet? Who's going to say more in the game? Is that an over under? Matt, can we get I'm an over under on that one? We, we should have, like, mic, a we mute should, off. Yeah, we should we'll mic, mic them up. Mic both of them up. <laughs> I would actually think that, like in all seriousness, That'd be fascinating. Though, they would never let us mic up Christian Gonzalez because he's a rookie. But like micing up Christian Gonzalez 
just to hear the silence like might yeah. actually be pretty cool. Yeah. I think, like, it'd be, I think it'd be great if you if you mic'd him up and then it was like you mother <laughs> boop, boop, boop. I know it turns out he's oh, the we biggest trash talker we've ever seen. We but just like he gets in a lot or of if he's the super silence, polite yeah. too. Just so like if him, he's you really have soft spoken and him, polite. You feature him mic'd up and you have the song The Sound of Silence in the background. Just hello, like the the, the, the sound, like I just need the sound of his feet, you yeah. know, like like just like in a, just him. It'd be just, like a drum. It'd be like, no, like yeah, some breathing. Yeah. Be great. Like right. to start a hot for it. teacher. I need that up. All right, that's going to be it for this edition of Patriots Unfiltered. We'll be back tomorrow with picks and everything else. Two words: market correction. Oh yeah, oh, that means Paul won. <laughs> um, the, we'll put the hay in the barn tomorrow. Uh, right now, it's John Rook in the playbook that's coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, final Bob's read for a final time. Uh, let's talk stats. All right. Uh, Bob's Discount Furniture has sofas that convert to sleepers when you're feeling sacked, mattresses that put you to sleep as soon as you touch down, and thousands of highly rated styles that keep the home team happy. Shop at Bob's, the official furniture store of the New England Patriots. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The world's original podcast.